Uh, welcome to Star Trek Europa. There were a lot of technical complications today, so we got a much later start than I had wanted to. I know that um, I have been chastised, probably not as efficiently as this will happen later for this technical issue, but that's all right. It happened. Um, I'm your host, as always, Jeff Harvey. You can find me online at all the places, Studio Tembo. Um, there's a link in the link tree. There's a link tree in all the, the stuff. Um, and you'll find some stuff there. I just renamed my YouTube channel because I finally reached my, the milestone for YouTube that I can have a vanity uh, nice. URL. So that's cool. Um, and it's now just YouTube slash Studio Tembo, um, which so now you can literally find me everywhere at that. Um, uh, with that in mind, I've got a couple of new shows coming up. I got a new show coming up to come out in uh, April. So uh, more information on that. I don't want to get too carried away with what that is because I'm sure something will come up and I'll have technical issues and it'll be delayed. Um, so in the meantime, let's go ahead and introduce our cast and such. Uh, start with uh, Brian. Uh, my name is Brian. I'm playing uh, Yez uh, Ensign Yezabeth Page amongst other characters. Uh, uh, you cannot find me. Do not try. All right. Um, That's a challenge. Challenge accepted. Um, Evelyn, go ahead. We'll hunt you down. I'm Evelyn, and I'm not positive this Twitch stream is running. It is. Okay, I believe you. If it's not, it's showing me. If not, it's being recorded, and that's fine. <laughs> We're All good. Right, cool. We're good. All right. I have no idea why Twitch is not working. Okay, right then. I'm just gonna close this because it's annoying me. Um, that's my whole end. You can you can find me on TikTok at Caffeinatrix. Uh, every other weekend, you can find me on on Twitch at St. Pete by Night for the vampire game that I'm in. We stream court. We also stream several other scenes throughout the course of the weeks. Um, so come check us out over there. A game I'm, a game I'm oh, not active I'm, enough in that I'm supposed to be, but I'm too busy doing other things. <laughs> I'm giving me another Rob Nose to hate. Um, oh, yeah. I'm playing Dr. DeSavione at because I actually have a character and I'm here to do stuff. All right, Jack, go ahead. Uh, yes, hello. I am Jack. I will be playing Captain Irani Ambrose, as well as a number of other fantastic characters, though I'm biased. Uh, but this is not all I do. You can actually find me in other places, lots of other places, under my own channel, The People's Ascension. I have my own Twitch, uh, my own YouTube. I have my own Discord. Uh, you can find all of that. Uh, I will post it in the chat, though I am not a, not entirely sure that everything is working. Uh, but you can find me over at, at our at our Linktree, Linktree slash, slash The People's Ascension. We have a lot of cool things coming up. Uh, we have, of course, our RPGs Uncovered season that is actually coming to an end. That is all about showing just how quick and easy it is to teach you a new TTRPG, get you into a new game, whether you want to run it or play it. Uh, we do bite-sized tutorials and a demo play. Season two is coming to an end next week, but season three will be starting up the second or third week in April. And we have a really fun sort of um, solar punk sci fantasy Fallout esque uh, game coming up called Lost Eons. Uh, it, it's it's going to be pretty exciting. Uh, we also this Saturday have a Pathfinder first edition one shot for the Lugon project setting. Uh, we might have another interview, uh, another whip workshop interview next week. Stay tuned for an announcement on that, though we do have two great uh, whip workshop interviews that are already posted on our YouTube. Uh, one's a horror game shiver and the other is uh, a cyberpunk deck building game 
uh, C22. Both of them are currently crowdfunding and they look like fantastic games. So go check out what I have going on so I can show you more other things for you to go check out. Uh, but do that after this show because I'm excited to get back into the Shackleton. Yes. <clears throat> Forgive me if I sound uh, hoarse or anything today or congested. I have been sick all weekend. So uh, with any luck, that'll hold out. Uh, let's go ahead and do a recap. Where did we last leave our intrepid adventurers? Not flying and intrepid. Our lunar adventurers. What happened last? So we had... We opened with a scene... Uh, discussing Eva and the ethical implications of uh, Re uh, restarting re her. Yeah, rebooting, rebooting her. Thank yeah. you. I'm like, what are we doing to Eva? I've forgotten. Um, I just Selectively wiping memory. Yes. Um, we had a debate over sentience. Tong was very upset. Ambrose was torn. Um, Foxwell. Foxweld. Uh, and then we went to Halloroon. That jerk. That jerk. It's based. Um, and got our SSH back. Got some botany samples and tried to set the colonists up so that they could better optimize what they were doing to, to mitigate not having the impact of the SSH there anymore. Talked about getting a robot body. Mm-hmm. Yep, wrote up robot body for the SSH. Talked about the um, merging the two SSHs back together because this one has gained a significant amount of personality and intelligence. We did do that. They, they're merged now. Mm-hmm. The the exact percentage ratio is in question, but they have been combined in some form. In where, some did we, where did we land on the robot body? Did they get permission to do that yet? Or um, not yet, I don't think. Okay. Um, I have a note that says pick up with the Savi and Ambrose regarding the SSH. Yeah, when we discussed it last time, I think we left off with the SSH just dis discontinuing his presence on the bridge and then... Uh, yeah, he wanted to be of greater use, would be disregarded or disappointed if he were just relegated to that closet. And asked that Foxwell be more respectful about poking about his code. That's about right. And that's all I got. Oh, he okay, would like some autonomy. <coughs> It may not be live on Twitch, but we're live on <clears throat> literally yeah. everything else. So I don't know what's going on with that. But all right. So with that in mind, we're going to press forward um, and I'll just upload the video after. Um, so we start the show uh, in, uh, with um, uh, let's assume Dasavi uh, going to talk to. Well, it depends. Do you guys want to start right where we left off or did you want some time between? I know we're heading towards the uh star systems um that are yet unnamed because ryan really wanted to name them um uh, the valley of plenty the valley of plenty yep that is the that is the 
cluster of worlds where there are a number of class M or at least inhabitable worlds. So that includes like, excuse me, the various classes, class, I think L and whatever else. There's a bunch of different ones. Um, L and M. And might be habitable, but I think it's like super extreme. Right. So there's class K is inhabitable by humans with artificial biospheres. L, M, P, and K, if you read some of the, Mm. I'm sorry, F and P, if you read some of the extended stuff. Um, So there you go. I I made a list. (laughs) I've spent the whole day doing some new star systems. Um, So the one you were heading to in particular was one that, a world that had, or a, a system that had several planets and a class uh, and a gas giant that also had several moons around it that were noted to be um up probable. to 50 habitable worlds yes throughout the 50. Co- throughout the whole of the valley of plenty yes okay yeah that wasn't the one system that's the whole valley of plenty which is a number which is a conglomeration of star systems still still a large number but still okay not, number. not in a single system not okay. a single system yeah no gotcha. that, just make sure that's made clear so the first system you're heading to um appears to have uh seven total planets um with several of them being class m you still you're not there yet so you haven't had a chance to really investigate yet but there are seven total planets and a number of them are considered to be class m or somewhere in that area uh inhabitable that's the word i'm looking for that are inhabitable um and the they have a class uh, there's a gas giant there that has several inhabitable um moons as well so knowing that that's where you're headed where did you guys want to start off uh, i know that um, the savi was had just talked to the ssh um other than that there wasn't a lot i think we didn't i think i don't think we left a whole lot open last time we don't have any standing order aside from go and explore at the moment that's right okay cool cool uh, yeah, if if Dasabi wants to have a conversation with Ambrose about the SSH, we can do that, or we can jump ahead to the plot. Let's let's start there, um, and then uh, we'll see where we go from there. That'll get us at least to the intro, uh, and then Dasabi. So you guys are in the captain's ready room, I assume, and you can have the orc conversation. Yeah. It'd also be a good time to talk about anything else you wanted to talk about, as far as Eva and Doctor Foxwell and all that stuff goes. So good recapping place all you guys yeah it's not the captain's quarters that's a weird different conversation i don't know what that yeah you go ahead you you and you and and ambrose are in the are in the captain's ready room um to have any discussions you wanted to have as far as your concerns about the ssh's um requests um anything else you guys want to talk about as far as foxwell and all that stuff goes um, no i got all that keep it short. I, I was more to your mutterings about oh i'm literally just muttering i was trying to find the ship the the room for the ship and rather than captain's ready room i gave captain's quarters and i'm like oh well that's yeah. going to be a different conversation between ambrose and wasabi right so why are you here <laughs> happening to my inner riker captain all right so there you go all right. you're all set the um, the SSH has some requests. It's unusual for a hologram. 
Well, we did put him in an unusual situation. I suppose that's true. What are these requests? Uh, He seemed a little put out that the lieutenant just went poking about his code without asking. He would like a little more autonomy. Um, He seemed very much to, unless I'm misinterpreting, he seemed to want to share control of the ship with Eva. He said she was preventing full integration, and he's used to commanding an entire station. He, quote, find myself with nothing to do. They get empath to figure that one out. So now we have not one, but two headstrong, <clears throat> sentient computers. I'm certain Foxwell would argue sentient, but um, yes, so it seems. Well, they're certainly they're certainly causing sentient trouble, <laughs> sentient-like <laughs> trouble. Okay, I um, I believe this was this was really that long ago. Uh, I do believe this was something that was brought up at the time uh, with Page and Shabaraneva. Uh, Uh, an extension of the hologram program. It wasn't meant to run continuously. It was meant, I'm sure, as you are aware, to act very similar to your uh, EMH, which, from what I understand, has operated for half an hour here, half an hour there, whenever needed. Yes. Um So what, what, what is, what is it, what does it want? He would like a robot body. His request of some sort. He said that he is proficient with hand-to-hand combat, could perform weapons maintenance, could prove a useful addition to away missions. The original program was meant as an emergency supplement to any sort of uh, defense against boarding actions. It is programmed for combat and defensive maneuvers. We've Starfleet, to my knowledge, hasn't uh, prioritized, hasn't developed mobile units and downloadable robotic bodies hasn't really been much of a concern. I can see the tactical benefit of it. (laughs) 
I'm sure there are plenty down in engineering who would like a chance to tinker around on some of the hollow end technology. I'm not against it, but I would classify it very similar to any of our shuttle pods or fighter craft. What do you mean? To be used on away missions, not to hmm. strut around in a mech suit in the hallways. Well, he he did specify that he would like a humanoid surface droid for small missions and strutting around in hallways. <laughs> the prior the The former is acceptable on a probationary basis. The latter, we have holographic emitters in strategic positions. That should be all it needs. I don't disagree um, entirely. I do think there, there could be in certain circumstances, a benefit to having an extra pair of hands for repairs on the ship, things of that nature. Um, there is a bit of a paranoid fear that gains enough sentience could decide to revolt. Space geese. <laughs> Space geese. I'm really cool. I'll be right <laughs> I was what? fine until you said space geese. No, that, that dropped me. What were you saying? <laughs> there was some possibility Tom, for a revolt. Quit, yes. quit playing around with the comms. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where the geese oh. came from, Captain. They're boarded. <laughs> Thing on geese. We've been boarded. <laughs> They're like tribbles. Right. Oh fuck. Ooh. Okay. Um. There is a sort of maybe overly paranoid concern that you might gain enough sentience and decide to revolt. I'm out of my um, depth. Who? <laughs> if we put him in a robot the SSH is concerned that he may no. revolt. Oh no, I am concerned that he may revolt. I mean, I think the crew is pretty concerned about that. Come up in the past. Maybe. I mean, Eva has yet to fully revolt, but she did do a pretty good job of shutting the EMH down and blocking us out of several systems. Eva, for all intents and purposes, is the ship. Mm -hmm. We can override their stop gaps. She's not irrevocably connected to everything. Right. But if there was going to be a problem, it would be from her. Of course, I'm 
not sure how a year at a incredibly advanced alien station may have changed this hologram. Right. We should probably have Foxwell take a look at it. And if it is concerned about its privacy, then I suppose politely suggest that Foxwell at least put on a facade of treating it more equally. Appease it, at least for the time being. We need to know if there's anything wrong with its code, if it's going to be a problem, if it's spreading, adapting more than it should. From what I understand, these holograms are capable of adapting their own code as needed. They have a heuristic learning. Hage would know more about that. Question is, since we don't really have a basis for comparison, how do we determine if we have the EMH has expanded beyond what it should? We have the EMH. They're essentially the same code. They simply replaced medical information with security and technical information. Sure, but the EMH hasn't had the same experiences. But you're talking has the has the SSH expanded beyond what it ought to have based on the experiences that it's had for the last year? I'm more concerned about established Starfleet safety parameters. Okay. Okay. If, it, if it's found some way to expand its programming into actual hardware storage space that it should not be able to get at, into deeper access into the computer, into the bioneural gel packs. If it's capable of competing with Eva's own systems, that's something we need to know. Otherwise, it's a fairly restricted system. I suppose this is the same conversation that Foxwell tried to tried to broach during our last conference, selectively rebooting an AI. Right. Again, we now have two headstrong, possibly sentient computers who are eager to grow. And I don't. Personally, I don't, and I don't think Starfleet knows where that falls on our prime directive. But my biggest concern is the security of this ship and its crew. I instructed Foxwell to make sure that there are extra safeguards and stop gaps in place if we need to disconnect, temporarily shut down, or completely eject Eva. I would suggest that we do the same for the SSH, if it's is even capable of extending itself to a dangerous new position. Right. 
which it entirely may well be. I'm certain it learned a significant amount about being a station. There's probably a wealth of information there. Mm -hmm. I know if after this assignment, I was demoted back down to a lowly ensign in the in the weapons locker, I would be quite upset. Indeed. I mean his concerns are valid. I don't I don't disagree with that. It's disconcerting that he has concerns and what that means and I really do think that Foxwell and the rest of Starfleet are willingly blinding themselves to the possibility of tension. I think these are issues that should have been resolved back on Earth or on whatever institute, planet, not out here. It's hard enough dealing with a humanoid crew, let alone one and now two programs that seem to be capable of directing their own evolution. There are hollow emitters, many more hollow emitters now than there used to be on the ship. We've made that infrastructure change to help facilitate EVA. I see no reason why we can't extend the same welcome to yet another holographic entity. But as for now, I don't think that its role aboard this ship warrants change. We can, we can requisition one of those robotic bodies, and we can store that in the hangar bay for use on away missions, should it be deemed an appropriate asset. I do believe we have one already. And if the SSH would like to show the initiative that any young officer would in pursuit of promotion and greater duties... It's welcome to do so, and it can go through the same process everybody else would. Does that seem fair? <clears throat> be perfectly honest, Captain. I have no idea what fair is when it comes to couldn't be sentient AI, but. I think it's a decent proposal. Let's start there. Keep up with this matter, though. Absolutely. As, uh, as first officer, you are in charge of personnel issues, and I suppose we now have a new holographic member of our personnel for you to deal with. Teach the EMH any new tricks. All right. Seems like a place to stop.
right, we're back. So hopefully we're not being invaded by the space keys. All right, with that, um, Europa arrives in or near the first system. Um, we'll say in the system. The system has previously been explored by probes only. Um, the most recent probe has already deactivated or, or moved on, I should say. Excuse me, to the next system. Um, it is an A-type star, which is a blue-white star. It is very large. It is very, very old. Um, there are several other solar masses around the sun and such. Um, and it's the sun is approximately twice the size of Earth's normal sun. Um, so before we get going too deep, let's go ahead and uh, the crew is um, conducting the normal... Uh, type of things that you would see on a starship when you first enter a new unexplored system. Um, the, the sounds on the bridge are um, clamoring and the, the, all the senses are beeping and the scientists are far more ecstatic than anyone has the right to be um, for, you know, a bunch of rocks that have been discovered. Um, but uh, there's a lot of buzz going around the ship at the moment, um, a lot of excitement. Um, everyone's really moving along. So go ahead and have uh, whoever the science person is going to be, which I think is in this case, Elizabeth, since Foxwell was your science guy, but I'm not going to make that role for you. Um, I think Elizabeth becomes the chief science person by default. Um, or or O'Connor, I suppose, could do it. Or you both could, really. Um, I would think we're working together. I would, uh, I would think that every department on the ship is currently working together. Yes. Um, I think it's safe to say that it's not just the science department. Maybe I think most people on the ship would be excited. Uh, I would here we are. I would think here we are getting to make our own brand new discovery. Yeah. This, uh, the Europa is the first Federation starship to ever enter the system. So big deal, big news. Um, so yeah, go ahead and give me a science role. Um, uh, the ship can assist if you want to, if you want to roll the ship there, uh, Jack. What are we rolling for? Like, what are what are we studying in this case? Um, so this will be the basic gist of the system. You're, this is the overarching uh, view of the system as a whole. So sensors would work. Um, so a long range scan of the entire system. Yes, uh, long range is then you're in the system already. So you're scanning now all of the worlds and getting a getting a baseline um, control for the system. I guess. Sure, long range might be the wrong term. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, Elizabeth is happy to do it. Uh, she's uh, gone and recalibrated the uh, sensor pod to uh, it, it, to send out a a uh, energy uh, signal uh, throughout the system. So that way, it, when it bounces back, she can map it on the astrogation display. And she's even arranged to have it piped into the bridge so the bridge can get a real-time view of the system as the, uh, the sensors uh, come back. Um, so I believe uh, last session we also discussed that the Europa's modular laboratories will be set for planetary science. So um, you will get the advantage for that, for this role. Great, great, um, great, great. Difficulty is otherwise, uh, wouldn't only be two, difficulty is one because you have your advantage. Um, so go ahead and make the roll with the ship, uh, and whoever wants to take the lead, either um, either O'Connor or Elizabeth can make the main roll. Someone assist, and then the ship can assist. So. Okay, since Elizabeth has set all this up, why don't you make the main roll, and O'Connor will assist? Okay, I rolled one. Okay, 
The ship apparently failed. Eva. She's busy fighting with that. That's a 20 even. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's a complication. It's a complication. So. Um, and then one. So you've got two uh, with a complication. Uh, so you have the base information from the, from the scan and an additional one question uh, with a complication. Uh, I am going to set the complication to be that there is a lot of interference coming from the star, uh, which will make future scans slightly more difficult, um, basically negating your sensor, your laboratories until you can do away with that complication. So, um, um, but that there's a lot of interference from the sun. It is a blue sun. Uh, it is very hot. It is very old, about 96.1961 million years old. Um, you get the, the, there are, uh, seven worlds, uh, that range somewhere in the, uh, the sun's habitable zone, um, which is anywhere between 2.65 AU and five AU somewhere in that area. Um, the planets that you have are one class L. You can write these down if you want to. I've got them if you don't. One class L, one class P, one class F, one class M, one class J. Those are the ones that are inside the habitable zone. The other, sorry, the class J is not within the habitable zone. The other two are not within the habitable zone or not inhabitable at all. Um, the class, the, the large giant gas giant has... Uh, one tidally locked moon and four other moons that appear to be inhabitable. So a total in this world, in this system of I think eight, seven or eight inhabitable worlds. I can't remember. Four. One tidal locked and four and four habitable moons. Yep. So you have a total of eight habitable worlds in this system alone. So So is this the one we previously designated J5? Uh, yes. I believe so, yes. Okay. Um, questions. Let's see. It's a lot of science information to throw at you, but you know. Yeah. Um. There are also eight significant asteroids, forty-three other comets, and ten. No, sorry. There are eight protoplanets, forty-three sub uh, significant-sized asteroids, and ten comets in the system. So. Uh, which planet, which planet or planetoid, uh, seems to have the most potential for life? Um, that's fairly easy. The fourth planet is an Earth-like, um, temperate class M world. So fourth planet from the sun. Yes. I would like to designate that one, uh, Barry Bush. So it's the fourth planet in the J5 system. Okay. Designated Barry Bush now. Um, this planet also has no moons. You can scan further if you'd like. Um, yeah. uh, that's, your, that's your one question. Beyond that, if you guys want to do anything else, um, we will move in and do additional roles. Sure. I will uh, go, to, go up to the bridge uh, and I will... Uh, Fill the captain and the XO uh, in with uh, what we discovered. Uh, we've, we've done some basic scans of the system. We're getting a lot of interference from 
the the blue sun. It's we're going to try and recalibrate the sensors to compensate, but uh, I'm afraid this is the best we've got so far. Uh, it's uh, I I've tried to I've tried to figure out which of the worlds it, it is, has the most potential, and uh, I I'm the fourth planet from the sun seems to be very Earth like. Uh, I've gone ahead and. Uh, lib, uh, it, you'll see that that's the one labeled berry bush. We can call it whatever you want, though. Uh, but I figured it was a decent enough not, non uh, moniker for now. We can use that in reports for now. It uh, it sounds better than a long string of numbers and letters. Well, it has that name too, but uh, it's harder to remember. I'd say that's a good enough place to start as any. If there would be signs of civilization, it would seem likely to me that they would be on the most habitable planet. Of course, that is habitable for us. Uh, yeah, definitely do see to getting that sensor, the sensors recalibrated. I'd like to get a better view of the system as a whole, but we can set, we should set course for a very bush. While I'm getting the sensors recalibrated, do should we organize an away team? Uh, let's put one together. Yeah, uh, we'll do a we'll set up an orbit, do a do some orbital scans, send down some probes. It'll likely be some time before we put boots on the ground. But once we determine everything is safe, even though it's class M, doesn't mean it's not dangerous in some unknown manner. But we have plenty of scientists aboard that I'm sure would very much enjoy getting down to a newly discovered world. We'll have to set up multiple rotations, I'm sure. All right. Well, I'd better get back to my sensors. See to it. So she'll head off and try and compensate for that interference. Right. Um, let's, have, let's have engineering do the compensation. Um, Let's do, we can head down to engineering um, while Ezabeth, Ezabeth is uh, conducting some other stuff and, and directing. Uh, let's have, uh, let's have Tong do the recalibration. Hmm. I think Tong has sensors, right? Oh no, he's a power systems guy. Maybe, maybe if we can rewrap more power to him. <laughs> yeah. We can compensate that way. More power to the whatever is needed. Mm-hmm. Maybe Yezabeth can can roll to assist and do it. Yeah, work. that'll work. So Yezabeth, you head down to uh, the engineering section, uh, the sensors engineering section, the the sensor maintenance um, with Tong, and you guys can uh, have a little conversation there if you like. Uh, but in the meantime, you guys can roll. Yezabeth climbs down the ladder and says. If only we could get more power. Is there any way you can juice the engine, juice the sensors a little? Oh, there's always more power. Just depends on where we want to draw it from. I don't know. Uh, I I'll leave that to you. Life support. <laughs> Space keys containment. Space keys containment. Uh, no, I, I can I can I can siphon off little bits here and there all over the place. Nobody will, nobody will even notice. No. Unless I screw up 
and then nobody <laughs> yeah. alive to care. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, control engineering. Would my troubleshooting focus play? Uh, no, but you have sensors. Yeah, fair enough. Nice. If I'm reading that correctly, that is four total. Uh, the ship will, uh, and the ship will also yeah, assist. Ship. I got that. Right. Cool, cool. Uh, Eva does not help this time either. Eva's having struggles today. Uh, so that is two, three, four, five. Difficulty is two by by default. So you've got uh, three successes, which will put in momentum. Momentum. Unless you guys have something else you want to do with them. Momentum sounds good to me. Yeah. All right. There we go. You should be able to... Ed, we Somebody dropped a dime down on that planet. You'll be able to read it from here. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're a miracle worker, Tom. All the day's work. All right. Um, anybody else have anything they want to do before we do the next science roll? Nope. All right. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and stick with that and just do the science roll. Go ahead and do another science roll for me. Uh, this will be down in the science labs. Uh, anyone who wants to do science stuff can be a part of that. So. Oh, about Mills leads this, or um, not Mills. O'Connor. O'Connor leads O'Connor leads this one. Uh, That's since, what Mills leads the science. Yes. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I, you know what? I would love to have Kendall assist on this, actually. Uh, she's not science, but she's, uh, you know, on the job learning. Yeah. I'm a Terry Science Lab. I actually have one of those. Look at that. Hey. Two with no assist or no no help from the assist. Um, Alas, the ship can assist. Okay. Uh, sensors engineering again. I assume this would be sensor science. Sensor right. Sensor science. There we go. Yeah, the sensors engineering was the getting the, the correct calibration. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Eva finally woke up, had her virtual call. She's tired of fighting with it. She got, she got done fighting with the MH. Or yeah, SSH, I mean. SSH, yeah. <laughs> or did the SSH override? Oh, maybe. <laughs> so you've got two and two. That's four. That uh, difficulty would be one because you got your, over, your thing overcome. So that leaves you with three questions to ask. You have three momentum for that and three momentum that are stored up. You can ask up to six questions. Um, or bank as many of those as you want. Uh, you've scanned the planet quite thoroughly. Uh, there are a lot of life signs on the planet. However, none appear to be humanoid. Um, a lot of uh, ranging from a lot of creatures ranging from you know small microbial all the way up to um, dozens of meters long. Most of those are ocean-bound creatures. Um, there are several large land animals. Um, there's certainly a carnivorous herbivore type ecology going on. Um, there are a number of biomes. Um, everything seems pretty normal. 
Um, there are a few areas that appear to be um, uh, cultivated. Um, although again, there are no life signs, no, no, no humanoid life signs on the planet. And those areas don't appear to be currently tended. Um, so there's no like concentration of life signs in those areas, but there's large areas of like, um, what almost looks like cultivated plant life. Um, when you say it doesn't seem to be tended, like it had been, it had been cultivated at one point and has been left to go pharaoh. No, they are currently cultivated, no. but there is okay, no one. Yeah, there is no one. There's no one there cultivating it, but that appears to be cultivated, as in like Got you. within the last growing season. Okay. So I imagine uh, Cadet uh, Oniet is uh, sitting uh, at O'Connor's uh, shoulder, like helping her sort through the number of the readings that are coming in. And she's just staring at like the the field, uh, you know, through the uh, visual scans. And she's like, "Do you think? Uh, do you think that somebody's been working this soil?" It would appear so. It's very odd that there are no. Well, I suppose not really odd necessarily. It could simply be that we're not that the this the more advanced inhabitants of this planet are not humanoid and we're not calibrated for looking for the correct life signs. Can I interject Varen in here as well? Yeah, absolutely. Do. It is also possible as we have, uh, as Starfleet and many of its uh, constituent civilizations have formed their own garden planets simply for the use of Agriculture, this could be somebody's world, or at least a small settlement who uses this as seasonal agriculture. Boy, I'm sure it would help if we had a sample of whatever they're growing down there. It must be important if they've dedicated a whole world to it. Connor just lights up with the idea of getting samples of alien botanicals. I would be wary of, or she would say, uh, you should be wary about trespassing on unknown territory. One does not like pests in their gardens. I'd like to use one of our questions, if that's okay. Yep. How can we tell what phase of the life cycle these crops are on? Are they near harvest? Have they just been planted? Um, they're probably early growth. They haven't flowered yet, but they're uh, not knowing the plant's full life cycle, it's hard to say for sure, but they don't, they don't appear close to harvest. Okay. Well, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure they wouldn't mind a little sampling. It may be possible to beam a small sample aboard and after study, beam it back to where it previously was, undisturbed. That would be tricky transporter work, but it probably could be done. Could be done. The good doctor does make a point. Doctor, right? Uh, specialist. Specialist. What, whatever, whatever the uh, Vulcan Science Academy equivalent of doctor is. She is not Starfleet. She is no question uh, doctor level, though. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. Specialist makes a point. And, and O'Connor looks a little crushed. We should, before we go 
trampling about either in person or via transporters. We should try to find the inhabitants and make contact. And we should look for signs of signage. If one were to establish territory here, it is likely that it is marked in some way. Like a flag in a hell. Would this does be- also appear to be recent, and therefore there may be other facilities on this planet or on nearby planets or moons that may act as uh, supplementary facilities or the more permanent location of whoever is using this seasonally. That's what I was I was thinking as well. Well, that sounds like a good question for us to use our momentum for. Yep. Remember that your focus was on the planet, so you don't have the question. You wouldn't be able to ask questions about mm-hmm. other worlds, but you can certainly ask anything about this one. Uh, no, but but we can look further like infrastructure like- for a civilization. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so like when, you're, when you're scanning around for additional uh, what you would recognize as infrastructure, the only thing you really find is um, there are some stonework cairns to the south. Um, it looks like there are large swaths of pra- uh, prairie land. Um, there's a large uh, herbivore type um, bovine, for lack of a better term, um, that roams that area. And there appears to be like a stone, uh, a large, obviously constructed stone uh, cairn to the south part of that. And that is the only other structure that you can find in the vicinity. Um, but there do appear to be several spots that are flattened out and compressed soil that could possibly be like something like along as like a landing pad, but they're not paved they're It's all just soil. Cairn as in a small monument or burial. Uh, it could also be a place to store for store food or uh, it could be burial. It could be, it's hard to say for sure, but um, the, it's a generalized term for uh, structure of some sort. Stone structure. Mm-hmm. Um, would we be able to get any sort of, with the focus having been on the planet, any sort of signatures, warp, or otherwise from potential vehicles? Uh, nothing active. Okay. Nothing. Nothing within the 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 decay rate of activity. So, okay. so Karen basically just means heap of stones. So that's mm-hmm. it could be almost anything. From, from my archaeological standpoint, it usually designates burial, but yes, it can be yeah. really any small stone structure. Yeah. So, so Vren would know for sure that stone Stone Age civilizations and even up through um, really the late Bronze Age. Uh, Karens were used as a lot because they didn't have you didn't have ways to keep things cool, but stones mm-hmm. keep things cool. A lot of times, meats and vegetables and fruits and things like that were kept in large stone cairns that were largely like buried um, just to help with uh, to cooling and things like that. So that is definitely a possibility. Um, could also be funer- funerary, similar reasons. Is there any evidence of subterranean? uh civilization large cave networks or subterranean cities any any sign of 
exhaust or unusual heat beneath the, nope. the surface. Nope. Okay. Um, there do appear to be cave systems. They're not, they don't appear to be man-made. They, they don't appear to be excavated cave systems, but um, what you would expect really from a geological structure, the age of this world, um, there may be usage there, but there's nothing that seems out of the ordinary for, um, for this, for, for a world of this type. Without there being any sign of, current civilization on this planet there must be some other nearby habitable world planet planetoid which houses the occupants who utilize this space it is unlikely that a nomadic stone age people would Well, would use would utilize architecture in or utilize agriculture in this manner without the corresponding architecture. Not to mention, I could have sworn that that patch was a shuttle pad. If I uh, was if I didn't know any about it. Yeah, the the couple of pads that you find that are compressed earth like that are a little bit larger than like the peregrines. So they did something along the size of like a large shuttlecraft could land on them, or or looks as though it has you know. It is that size, that scale. So like I say, like a scale two. It may be wise to send out a broadband communication announcing our presence in the system. Uh, uh, Kendall says, that's a good idea. Let me run it up the chain of command. So she'll send the message to uh, probably uh, her mother. Um, uh, she's going to... Say, um, I, I mean, Commander, um, we uh, we've been looking at the, the some of the planetary scans, and we think that there might be some civilization here, uh, advanced enough to have liftoff uh, capabilities. Uh, uh, doc, uh, the Specialist Varen recommended that we send out a, a broad spectrum calm just in case uh they're hanging just in case somebody's here very well cadet thank you gonna turn and look at ambrose that's certainly interesting and probably uh probably a wise idea You, you can you can sense obviously uh as a betazoid uh the the many years of of tactical training telling him to drop into yellow alert but then realizing that raising shields and waving a waving a hello message are kind of conflicting <laughs> signals I think that would be. I think that would be wise before we go trampling around. If this system is claimed by somebody, we don't need to start a galactic incident before we even establish first contact. I would like to determine what level of society we're dealing with. If they're capable. Let's keep this broad. Let's keep this hail. 
within the spectrum of close to our own. We don't need some pre-warp civilization picking it up on radio waves. Um, Silva will uh, say, uh, aye, aye, Captain, I can open the channel for you whenever you're ready. Go ahead. There's a little chirp as the channel gets opened. This is Captain Roddy Ambrose of the USS Europa. We hail from a federation of planets far from here. We have sent probes to this system, which you may have realized. We are simply a people of exploration. If you can hear this message, we would very much like to meet you. We have found evidence of civilization on one of the planets here and are hesitant to to trespass on any claimed land. But if you are out there, we would very much like to meet you. We will remain within the system for some time. Please please respond at your leisure. I look forward to speaking with you. No. Yeah, he'll nod to, to turn off the transmission and send it out on loop. She'll run it through uh, basic translation algorithms, uh, you know, to like transmit in case, uh, you know, it's a standard language and mm-hmm. just keep broadcasting on repeat. Okay. Uh, obviously with the, you know, qualifying encryptors to keep it away from pre-warp civilizations as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right. Um, you do not obviously get an immediate response. So that is out there in the universe. I, I would suggest while we wait, we try to do as much uh, uninvasive scanning as we can. We can still get plenty of biological data from simple observation without having to put boots on the ground or transport anything off the surface. Speaking out of character, is there anything else we can get without setting boots on the ground? Uh, I can answer a lot of questions. I mean, I have this stuff all fleshed out. I don't know how many questions are going to be useful for you guys, but I can answer a lot of questions. <laughs> I have I gone would, way overboard with this. <laughs> I would say for sake of pace, why don't we start beating down? <laughs> I'm, uh, well, we can we can take an opportunity to, you guys are still observing, we can take an opportunity to do things like your holodeck stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. So Yeah, we, we should time skip, but... Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, if, if we if we sit around for two weeks and nobody responds, yeah, let's put boots on the ground. Right. Um, yeah. But being like, hey, hello, we're going to wait for you to show up. Ah, let's beam down. down. Start start <laughs> picking stuff. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and do some side stuff. Let's go ahead and take five minutes uh, yeah. because uh, let's do that, and then we'll come back to uh, an indeterminate amount of time possibly passing and things like uh, uh, side stuff. So sounds yeah. like a plan. All right. Yes, the final countdown. I love it. Um, with that, let's go ahead and uh, pick back up. Um, we know we wanted to do a holodeck uh, encounter between, was that Silva and Tong? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so Silva and Tong are on the holodeck. It's been an indeterminate amount of time later, some some wow. commercial span later. Um I'll play out the invitation to the holodeck. Oh yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Yeah. So uh, I think Silva's going to find Tong off duty when they're both off duty. 
And she's uh, going to say, ah, I hate them. I hate it when they're doing full scans. They take forever. Really? I, I, uh, I just optimized the sensors. They should be taking less time than normal. Well, yeah, but that's still too long. Back, back in the day, explorers used to be much more hands-on. You found a place, you went there. You, 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 you put pythons in rocks and you climbed up it. That's it. How, how far back in the day are you going? This has been standard procedure for like 200 years. Sure. I'm, I'm talking about before that, you know, in like the, the ancient world. Right. Right. Let me show you what I mean. Let me show you what I mean. I just got the newest chapter of this hollow drama I'm a, par- a part of. Uh, I've been playing in. And it's got a primo part for another person. I've been using the computer, but to be honest, I could use another person. You interested? Oh, uh, uh, sure. Sure. Yeah, that, that, uh, that, that sounds exciting. What, what, what are we doing? Perfect. Uh, she'll walk over to the uh, replicator. Computer, replicate one gr- a brown fedora. And then uh, when it appears, she's going to grab it. She's going to walk over to Tom, pop, plop it on the side. And, How old uh, is this? <laughs> they used to dress so strangely. Uh, but don't mm. worry. You'll look great. And then uh, I think we should cut to the holodeck. Yep. Uh, so uh, bring a uh, computer. Bring up program uh, Silva, si- Silva 6, Chapter 2 of the Tabitha Smythe Adventures. They come up. The, different, the various elements begin to phase in very quickly, as you expect. So she'll explain to him. So the, this is Chapter 2. Uh, Lady Tabitha Smythe and her swarthy companion, uh, Senor, Captain Rodrigo, that's you, uh, have just found the ancient entrance to the, wor- to the world beneath, a hollow cavity underneath, uh, the, underneath Earth. The Earth is hollow? We talked about this before. Well, no, it's not. But just pretend if, if it is for like five seconds, that's all. I think at some point they... This is only a five-second program. We're not going to be here very long. No, uh, that's not what I meant. Look, just be dashing. You can be dashing, right? I can be dashing. Perfect. Uh, computer, start program. Uh, and uh, so uh, she'll uh, begin climbing down uh, the stonework into the 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 uh, village of the Morlocks, the creatures that live uh, at the where ground meets sky uh, in the in the hollow cavity. Shouldn't we have grav harnesses for this? Are you kidding? Real adventures don't use ground harvest ground harnesses. That seems unsafe. Of course, it's unsafe. You if you back then. If you wanted to be safe, you'd stay home. If you wanted to live dangerously, that's when you went, became an explorer. Ah, yes, yes. Uh, capital, capital investment in 
danger. Sure, let's go. Tentatively with grabs a rope and <laughs> starts. I so I don't think we need to play out more of what. What do you? What do you guys want to play out with this? Do you guys have any idea? No, it's fine for now. Um, this, this is your scene. Yeah, I. <clears throat> In, in the future, when I we, in the future we can talk about what these adventures actually are, um, and I can run more stuff with it. But like, I don't really know a whole lot about what the adventures you were going for were. Um, now I do. It's Hollow Earth stuff, and I'm all about that because that's a, one of my favorite one of my favorite RPGs actually. And you want to roll a montage? Roll a montage. Yeah, um, that's what I was. That's what honestly what I was picturing when you guys were talking about it in chat. Yeah. Why don't Why don't we do like a little montage? That's a great idea. And of just we'll describe kind of what what the two do together and then we yeah that sounds good to me and then we can wrap up the scene yep sound good to you jack sure yep okay uh so i think uh the two of them go down they talk with the, the morlock chieftain uh get permission to pass into the to into the great uh cavity and uh at some point she's going to ask tom uh, did Ferengi ever travel like this? Or did Ferengi ever explore like this? Ferenginar's not hollow. And well, I don't think we have any fish people. Well, neither was Earth. But there were places on Earth that people used to explore, you know, like this. Well, we sent out pl- plenty of, uh, you know, ancient uh, mining consortiums and and you know, logging consortiums and, and uh, plenty of consortiums. Yeah, it, all around the planet. Exploded everything we could. That's not how we did it on Earth. Wait. Are you sure? No, I, I, I guess that is kind of how we did it on Earth. Boy, I never thought that that's actually what Lady Tabitha Smythe is actually doing here. A- anyway. Humans and Ferenginar have a lot more in common than you, uh, than, than you all seem to you know, admit to. I, I guess so. But we have dinosaurs. Great minds. No, I don't I don't believe we had any dinosaurs. Very large bugs. No dinosaurs. Okay. Next time we'll do a Ferenginar program. I've always wanted to fight a giant bug. Speaking of which. Oh, um, you don't. Well, you you could you could fight them. Uh now. Okay, so I know about this next scene. We're right before we fight the 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 spinosaurus. Here's the. Are they thing. like the fish people. No, it's a it's a big dinosaur with a pin on its back. There's one thing though, and I wanted to talk to you about this before we go before we do it. You see, the thing about Lady Tabitha and Captain Rodrigo is they're kind of seeing each other. I would hope so. It's be well, very mean, difficult blindfolded. I mean, they're in a they're in a romantic tête-à-tête. I'm not sure my translator picked up that one. Uh, Is that French? I'm not very good at, with other Earth languages. It, it's old Earth for they flirt a lot. Uh, and so, right before this scene, they kiss. Leans in, kisses him. Yeah, I think she will. Oh no! I think she would. She she would first say, "Does that sound okay to you?" You know, for the hollow program. 
write for uh, historical accuracy or literary accuracy. Perfect. And so she'll lean over, she'll kiss Tong on the lips, and then she'll pull out her revolver and say, for luck, and then dash into battle. (laughs) All right. Ends on the dinosaurs rearing up and roaring. Yeah. (laughs) She she charges off. uh, Tong gets as red as Ferengi can get. (laughs) His ears turn blush. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I like it. Um, that's, that's about all I wanted out of that scene. So, yep, that's good. I like that. It's uh, furthers the stories. All right. Let's go to uh, go and make that science roll that I've talked about. Just give me a science roll to basically do the, the scan for the remainder of the worlds. Um, this is not an in depth scan, it is a general purpose scan um, to ask questions about structures and things of that nature uh other other life signs you you're not getting deep into the other worlds and like um orbiting them and doing deep tissue scans kind of stuff but um you'll it'll allow you to ask a, a relative number of questions um about any of the other worlds in the in the system um in relation to the findings you currently have so go ahead and make that roll let's go ahead and say that um I would say either Varen O'Connor or Yezabeth can be the lead the, any of those three can also be this the, the follow-up uh, or the assistant, um, and, and Eva can assist. Uh, difficulty would normally be, or the normal difficulty is zero. You have the proper sensor package, so you have one automatically. So you go from there. As long as you don't fail the roll, you should be fine. Is it okay if I roll with uh, Yes, Beth? That cool with both right Yeah. Okay. Because I forgot that uh, my operations manager position actually plays right into this. Um, so... I got one uh, plus my operations manager. If if uh, the task is assisted by the ship's computers or sensors uh, or a tricorder, uh, it generates one bonus momentum. So, uh, which I can use for information. All right, Jack can roll the ship. Yeah, plus don't, doesn't the ship have high resolution sensors? I think that gives us bonus momentum too. I'm not sure. Uh, let's see. I'm dealing with a crisis of my own. Real oh, quick. okay. Uh, we are sensor science again. We're doing another scan. Yes. So sensor science, okay. uh, advanced research facilities, advanced sensor package, mm-hmm. uh, modular laboratories. So there you go. Yeah. The advanced research facilities gives us an extra question. Okay. Yeah. The, the talents aren't here on, aren't clickable. So I can't see what they actually do. But yeah, I can the dice. If you click the ship, uh, they're all listed on that. Yeah. It doesn't say what they do though. You just have, yeah. to, you have to know those. No, no, no. If you go to the bio and info page, I've got them all written out. Oh, oh do you? Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Oh yeah, there. Uh, so that's that's one from Eva. All right. So um, three successes and two bonus questions. You just typically task by one. Modular labs. advantage. Okay. So yeah, you actually the ship is very good at scanning stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so let's say you actually have three additional questions because of the way the ship is built with advanced sensor sweeps, the research facilities and the modular labs all working. Um, plus your thing that you've got. It's one, two, three, four, five, six. You have six questions. Okay. So I think our first question should be, uh, are there any other, um, uh, are there 
are there any other man-made facilities uh, on any other planets in the system? Okay. Um, a couple of the moons on around the, the J5 gas giant have what look like um, metallic frameworks. Not really structures so much as frameworks, but they're clearly metallic and they're clearly man-made. Well, not man-made, but you know what I mean? Alien construction. Artificial. Artificial, yep. Where where did you say this was? They're on one of the moons around the uh, the large gas giant. You said three of them. Um, we can designate those uh, Mo, Larry, and Curly. You wait, you're naming right. Those are satellites of J5s and they have artificial structures. Okay. Uh, what, what are the atmospheres of those satellites? All three are class, uh, Moe and Larry are class M and Curly is a class L. Which is barely hospitable. Uh, marginally habitable with no vegetation. I'm uh, sorry. Marginally has habitable with vegetation, but usually no animal life. Okay. Does anybody else have any questions? Uh, what do these structures, what, what, what purpose does it look like these structures served? Um, best guess is they probably, they, they look similar to, um, space dock, uh, like the, the structures where the ships are repaired, not the actual space dock, but the, those frameworks that go over top of the ships, you know? They look like that, but they're on the ground. They look similar to that, but they're on the ground. And they're large enough to fit. Scaffolding. They're scaffolding, yeah. They're large enough to fit probably a tightly fit a class three ship, a size three ship. Interesting. But it looks more like um, a warp capable vessel than like a NASA launch pad. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely something that is transatmospheric, um, and this is way more advanced than than um, basic NASA stuff. Like they're not launch okay. pads; they're obviously some kind of like you fly into this and land on it thing. Okay, cool, cool. Um, there are another a number of other structures there as well, but they're um, due to the alloys and stuff that are being used. You you can't really penetrate the actual buildings that are there. They're or I should say structures that are there. Um, almost everything is made of, all the buildings around it are also appear to be made of stone largely. Um, there are, obviously there's the metal frameworks, the buildings themselves, the quote unquote buildings that are there are largely made of um, stone. So. Okay. Are there any landed spacecraft anywhere in the system? There are not. Can, okay. No, no ion trails, no... Uh, no warp signatures. It doesn't appear to be. Any, there doesn't doesn't appear to be any other ships in the system since the last time your probes were through here. Okay. Hmm. So probably a, at least a couple months. 
do we want to bank the rest or does anybody have any other questions that we'd like to ask? We've got five uh, more. So. so so you said there's no other evidence of long-term habitation. Um, not that you're seeing. Um, uh, Is this specifically for just these three moons or are we looking at the whole, the whole system? The whole system. So let me see. The, the ice planet probably it also has some stone structures. Um, there's a very humid planet with a lot of moons. The very first planet is a class L planet. It's very humid. A lot, a lot of moons, like 23 moons. Um, there are stone structures there as well. Um, and that is it. So you've got stone structures on the first planet, the second planet, the fourth planet, and three moons of the fifth planet. This is something Varen could do, and this might be a separate role that we can do later. Uh, does the architecture look comparable? Does it look like the same civilization, civilization built these stone structures on different worlds? Yes. That's very bizarre. Okay. Uh, so in the entire system, we see no evidence of current long-term habitation. Correct. Transitory yeah. is the best you're seeing. Except okay. for the, uh, yeah, except for the, the agriculture that we found. Oh, are there any other signs of agriculture on any other worlds? Um, yes, the first world has some signs of agriculture, but it's a jungle world, so it's very difficult to, de to detect a lot of, like, um, the plant life there grows quite rapidly. So it's hard to see a lot of, there are signs, but they're not nearly as evidenced as they are on the fourth world on Berry Bush. Mm -hmm. So one, two, four, and five all have evidence. Which type of planet was planet two? Planet two is a class P world. It's an ice planet. Class P. Very, very low average temperature, which is odd, especially for its, um, orbit because it's closer to the sun than but it appears to be a lot of times in the shadow of um natural structures like there's a lot of comets and stuff in that in that ring that are asteroids and such in that ring that keep it quite shaded and what planet was the human what position was the human planet in that's the first one. Oh, so that's the jungle world okay yep that's the class l you said yep Plant life, but usually no animal life. The first planet is super hot. The second planet is an ice planet. Yep. And then the fourth planet is a garden world. Correct. Kind of weird. Yeah. Does the ice planet look natural or the result of some sort of nuclear winter or other such cat catastrophe? No, it's natural, but it's it's an unusual kind of natural. Like it's one of those one of those space phenomenon that you wouldn't see very often. But because of the number of asteroids and stuff that are in its in a similar orbit to it. It gets shade, heavy shade, okay. most of the time. Okay. The so. asteroids form a sort of heat shield. Correct. Okay. Which is a very rare thing to find, but. So with the other player's permission, I would like to designate this entire system as the stone cairn system. And uh, sure. we, ha we have two unnamed worlds, one jungle, one ice. We have Barry Bush, the fourth planet. And then we have J5, the, the gas giant with... Uh, Mo, Larry, and Curly uh, orbiting it. Mm -hmm. All right. No, the only I, don't, thing I don't know about the Stooges, but <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll leave that to to the proper uh, space scientists back in Starfleet. How about how about we call them uh, 
J alpha, J beta, and J gamma. <laughs> it's fine for now. Um, yeah. The other thing that you'll note is that, um, and this is something that Varen and maybe some of your planetary scientists can um, can figure out, and I'll, I'll use one of your things for it. Um, the most advanced change to the system, that those, um, those asteroids that are being used as a heat shield for the second planet don't appear to have normal asteroidal orbits. They appear to have been placed at some point in the last... I mean, it would take a million, it would take, it would take a long time, probably over a million years for the planet to be where it's at, evolutionarily speaking. Mm. But those rocks were not probably, those asteroids are probably not naturally there. Those are not naturally occurring defenses for that planet. So in order to the, in order for the planet to have developed into the ice planet, because of the asteroids, the asteroids would have had to have been placed there That's a million years ago. Yes. So are the structures then archaic are they equally old um the structures that you're seeing do not appear to be that old no okay okay so we'll definitely want so out of the things we want to investigate i think we should investigate those artificial asteroids um and mm -hmm. at least one of those docks so we'll give you guys the three additional momentum that you have from that and they can use them stuff um, you want to, but most uh, most systems, maybe all systems, I don't know. I'm not a, an astrophysicist. Uh, have some sort of gravitational bubble or or something around the system itself. Would would there be any any way that we could look for signs of of, of entry and exit points of ships traveling extra extra solar? Um, I know what you're talking about. Yes, so there are there are definitely what they considered space lanes. Um, there's a number of them uh, that would go past the the the, the gravitational uh, gravitational uh, arc of the sun and planetary masses. Um, there's nothing there presently, but the nearest planetary system, the the next closest neighboring star system, is nine light years away. Um, so it's not that far. Right. Uh, do we have any, uh, probe data on that system? Um, not at the moment. I will, I, I, yes, but getting through it is going to be hard to do. It's still being processed by the computer. Okay. The, the GM is still writing that probe data. Yeah. I mean, I know what's, I know it's there, but I haven't written it all out yet. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, so th this is, this has been a reasonable length of time for our message to play on repeat. Nobody's responding. Correct. Sounds like upwards of a couple of days, probably. So we've done extensive planetary scans, maybe things we can consult in the future. Um, and then. Uh, we should organize an away team. Uh, how about we call a, um, a senior staff meeting about this? Okay. Love. All right. Senior staff meets in the conference room. <sighs> okay. We've been, uh, we've been flying around the system for the past few days now. We've had a welcome message on repeat and have not heard from anybody. Uh, I 
appreciate all of our scientific teams being patient, staying on board, and looking through the spyglass, so it were. But I understand that people are getting antsy to get out and explore new worlds, new civilizations. I'm still... When we do send teams down, I would like them to be as non-invasive as possible. Uh, Commander Oniet, what are your suggestions? Do you feel we should seek out the, for lack of a better word, owners of this of this system, those who have set up these structures? Should we deviate to uh, to some of the nearby systems and seek out the civilization itself? Good. Uh, I think we are far enough out that. They likely have not had any other contact, don't know we exist. Um, as fascinating a find as this is, going down to the planets to investigate without at least attempting to make contact with the people who clearly exist in some fashion is akin to kicking in your neighbor's door and announcing, I'm here, let me look. I would agree. In my mind, this message we've had on repeat for a few days does not satisfy that. But I know my hesitation may be outweighed by our scientific drive. Uh if I may, we may find something down there that would help us communicate with them. If we can find out what system they're in. Uh, if, if this in cluster is habited, there may be something down there that points us in the direction where the inhabitants reside most of the time. Very possible, very possible. I'd be most interested in the stonework down there, the cairns. It's very unusual that there be Stone, similar Stone Age sites on different worlds. But at the same time, if these do share some sort of religious, cultural, funerary significance, traipsing around down there could be walking on sacred ground. I would recommend, Captain, that Specialist Ren take lead. He's going to be our best... Uh, are most knowledgeable in how to approach the planets with the respect uh, and caution necessary. I would agree. I think it may be wise to prioritize the more advanced sites of habitation. These uh, Uh, the, the starship infrastructure we found on those moons. That seems less potentially culturally sensitive than messing with somebody's food supply or areas of cultural significance. 
And if there would be any additional records on where extrasolar entities may be coming and going from, it'd probably be at those more advanced facilities. Less exciting, I'm sure. Keep the keep the scientists on a tight leash, but I'd rather they have full permission to go exploring about than start another war. We all know we don't need another one of those. Any objections? Nope. Uh, Commander Oniet, uh, I understand that Kendall is interested in pursuing further duties in the command line. Experience with first contact and pre-first contact research could be beneficial to her. I agree. Um, my only concern is I was actually going to ask if I could go. It would be beneficial to have someone who can scan telepathically and empath empathetically for minds that maybe our scanners are picking up. Your, your daughter is a betasoid, correct, Doctor? That is a discussion we can have privately, sir, if you don't mind. Very well. I know it's... Uh, it may be a stretch for your own abilities. We've been flying around the system for a few days now. Have you not picked up anything? Not as of yet. But again, <laughs> being further out um, and not necessarily, not so much knowing what we're looking for, but potentially looking for life forms that operate differently than we have ever encountered. Um, are factors to take into consideration. And there are certain species that are a brick wall. Baby. Very true. Pausing out of character real quick. Uh, would it be overly complicated to have both Oniets on the ground at the same time? <laughs> Because I think it would make a lot of sense to send both of you. I think it'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great idea. I think both, I think your concern is valid, and I think mine is as well. And we need to know that the two of you can work together appropriately. Let's have both of you go down on this team. <clears throat> you can take it for Ren as well. Is that what you're going to do? Mm -hmm. It's a really weird makeup. We haven't had that before. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and Varen's leading. And then maybe Koba just. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was going to suggest that. suggest Mills over Koba. <laughs> Fair enough. I think we'd all suggest Mills over Koba. <laughs> but. Uh, so Koba it is. <laughs> <laughs> but, but just so we can get Brian in and not have uh, Ev playing three people at the same time. <laughs> I'm only playing two. Well, I would only be yeah, playing. I'd but, only be playing two. Yeah. 
Oh, Kendall right. Is Kendall Ryan. is Brian. That's right. That's right. right. I'm not playing my own daughter. We can that's also right. just assign generic um, yeah. security yeah. for the yeah. moment. Yeah. Right no, that's probably that's probably the best. Is these every other week things? I'm forgetting things. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so Kendall, uh, Dasavi, and Varen, and then you know, red indeterminate red shirt, yellow shirt. Yeah. All right. Okay. Again, as non-invasive as possible. If you find evidence of any current habitability, report back immediately. If you do find if you do find people in whatever form to make contact with, I would advise refraining from doing so until we can set up proper first contact procedures. dismissed have fun don't touch anything (laughs) all right uh so the three of you beam down the doctor the doctor and the doctor's daughter um when you first beam when when you beam down um the material when the materialization process ends um the first thing that hits you is there's a distinctive odor on the planet um you're on the class one of the class M ones, so it is definitely safe. It's been scanned. You guys oh, know that. Vulcans even has sensitive noses. Yeah, um, it's a distinctive odor. It smells. Um, you ever, has ever been in an elephant enclosure? It smells no. like an elephant. Enclosure. <laughs> I've been to a zoo. I'm sure that's close enough. All right, it's like that. Elephants are very potent smelling creatures. They're very musky. So the smell that you get right now is a very musky odor. Um, it's a hot, humid world. Um, near the upper limit limits of what a class M world would be. Um, the gravity feels slightly off. Uh, it's a little bit lighter than you would normally have expected for a planet of this size. Um, not significantly, but um, especially for the Vulcan, it is uh, a little more disconcerting. Um, it's lighter than it should be. Lighter than it should be. Gotcha. But not by much. Like, it's not like someone has done something to the planet's thing. It's just your composition makeup, it might've been a little off. Mm -hmm. Um, It is noticeable to the humans. It's very noticeable to the Vulcan um, who's used to a heavier gravity world. Um, You let you, you beam in just outside of the area where the main structures are. And what you can see is um, there's a, there's a, there's a, a light mist over almost everything. It's like I said, it's very much like a jungle. Um, uh, there is a large, much larger than, than, well, it's as large as you would expect it, but seeing it in person, it's a very big structure, a very large stone structure. Um, think the size of like we a, we were, we were going to the, the starship docks. Yes. Not, I'm aware. Those are there. Okay. there. There's a stone structure here too. Like I said, all the main buildings that were around them, that structure oh, okay. are stone. Okay. Um, but they're, so the, the metals, the metal frameworks are there as well, but I was going to get the structure first. So the, the the first thing you notice is the big structure. Um, it is larger than you would have expected. It is it is as large as you would have expected from your scans, but seeing it in person is larger than you would expect because it's made of stone. So it is almost the size of um, like a small warehouse. Um, it's a pretty big structure to be made of stacked stone. Um, the metal structures you see are, again, they look a lot like latticed um, scaffolding. Um, there are uh, 
they're kind of arched up a little bit. So they, they come up and then they arch over as if some, as if to enclose uh, or come over the top of something a little bit. They, they don't go all the way across like a, like a whole arch, but they come up and arch over a little bit. Then there's a big gap and they arch back down. Um, like a rib cage. Like a rib cage. Exactly. Um, and again, those are pretty large. Like you could easily fit the, the big runabouts in there um, and do some, and, and do work on them. Um, and they definitely look to be um, like there's not a lot of rust on them. There is a little bit of rust on the uh, on some of the pieces, but the material they're made out of, uh, the types of metal they are, uh, is a, a largely rust resistant alloy. Um, so they're probably fairly old, um, twenty or thirty years that they've been there. Um, the stone structure—it's very difficult to tell because it's a stone structure. Um, the the radiation signals that you get in the soil around indicate that there, whatever species, whatever comes here uses a high energy um, fuel source of some variety. It is not necessarily radioactive, but it is it is definitely something that emits a, a level of uh, readable um, residual energy. So. Um, if you guys want to make a scan on the planet, you certainly can. You also have six momentum at the moment. Uh, the stone structure. I, I, obviously, you said the, the metal structure looked like it's somewhere between 20 to 30 years old. But the stone structure, it, you can't really carbon date a stone structure. I mean, you, you can. Right. But, uh, and Star Trek has always been kind of wibbly wobbly about their temporal dating procedures. Right. Uh, but does it look like it's partially buried at all? Uh, because if it's old, there would be built up ground. So it looks like it's partially buried, but it doesn't look like it's uh, erosive. Uh, like it's an erosional kind of buried. It looks like it's an intentionally buried kind of structure. So it is semi buried in the ground, but it looks like um, it is maintained is the word I want to use. It is it is a maintained okay. structure. You can okay. see that the plant life around it is not growing over it, um, which would something you would expect in this kind of environment. Um, this whole area between the stone structure and, and, and the stone structure is proximal to the, the, the metal rib cage. So it is, they appear to be, um, uh, com a, a, a unified facility. Mm -hmm. So, uh, markings of any kind. Um, yes, there are a number of markings. Um, they look like carved pictoglyphs. Um, it would take you quite a while to go through them to, to analyze them, but there's definitely some kind of pictorial language um, written on some of this stuff. We'll definitely take image scans of them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. As it's like, as soon as Varen materializes, do do. Yeah. And she's going around scanning everything. And probably once she notices the, the pictographs is just like laser focused on those. Right. Let's give me a, a role. That'll be a science role for the planetary um encounter um so we'll say the difficulty is going to be uh let's say difficulty is zero um the ship cannot assist but you do have the tricorders so um you get the advantage of having the tricorders so go ahead and let's have ren make the roles and she is the lead scientist here what do you mean by the planetary encounter <laughs> uh just these are like base questions to ask about the the pictoglyphs the stuff like that oh like, just our initial perception of the yeah this is this is like the the tricorder the, the the tricorder scan and all that stuff 
Gotcha. Um, if gotcha. we if we run into a situation where we need more information, obviously we can do another roll. But reason science. Yes. Okay. Um. And then if somebody wants to assist. Yeah, Kendall will assist. Um, uh, would xenoanthropology and or archaeology? Yes. Help out. Okay. Uh, you said uh, difficulty zero. Difficulty is zero. Yep. What uh, what momentum are we sitting at? You have six current momentum. Spend okay. that momentum. Yeah, we don't we don't need to worry about buffing the pool. We're already at max. Two successes. Okay. Uh, assist. Oh, you assisted out of zero. So with the tricorder giving you an assist, that gives you three. Nice. Um, and we'll set those aside as questions you can ask um, regarding this. So, yeah, basically, you have three. That's that everything you've discovered. You have three questions you can ask about the stuff that the tricorder may have given you. I mean, you can explore around, move around the the, the setting as much as you'd like, and obviously, you know, away would team one it. of those questions entail what does the writing say? That would be too. That'd be more advanced than that. Although a okay. quick a quick glance would give you that um, they are likely there's at least some kind of tribal marking um and probably some level of like uh um typical things you would see at a at a, at a work site so like danger or um caution that kind of stuff uh, and then there's a, a series on, on the one of the stone walls there's a series of things that look like they might be um specifications there that's more of a less of a pictorial gra- pictograph and more of like an actual written language, um, uh, almost like a kanji, um, that looks like it, it, uh, probably some sort of specifications without knowing the context, you wouldn't necessarily know what they are, but they look like some kind of mathematical, um, reference. I got a question. They're base 10. So you needed to know. That's an important one. Go ahead. Are there any traces of DNA around? Yes. Uh, lots of plant DNA, also several types of uh, mammalian type DNA. Um, uh, they, they do not match any known. The mammalian DNA does not match any known species. On record. Does the mammalian DNA, is it like on the, the lattice and the stonework indicating that it's not just animal DNA? Correct. Yeah. Okay. It also it also sequences in a way that is it is clearly uh, a more advanced species. Gotcha. Okay. okay. Um, I think uh, Kendall is going to kind of wander away a little. She's specifically looking for like food or water sources because uh, I think it'd be useful to know. If the um, if the if the if they are bringing their own resources to these worlds, or if they're eating the local uh, food or drinking the local water, okay, um, not too far from where you're at, you can locate a, a freshwater stream that looks very clean. Um, the sensor your your tricorder reads that it is a, um, it is a spring fed uh, stream. Um, there are fish life type things in it um it is filtered it is clean water um flows in a southerly direction 
Um, and then you're picking up a number of edible plants in the area. Um, you don't see any storage of foods exterior externally to the it hasn't been in the limestone structure yet but to where you're pro where, where you at are right at right now you do not find anything that is not natively grown and there is fresh water i'll go ahead and chime into the rest of the team on my communicator i'll say i found a small freshwater stream i think this spot may have been chosen uh to because of its proximity it, if if they're they they, they may not have brought their own resources with them to each of these worlds. They may be relying on the local uh, ecology. Makes sense. Bringing your own resources with you is taxing. And if you have, well, yes. Most colonial outposts, if possible, do pick sites of natural sustenance to at least supplement, provide a baseline for ease of habitation. Anything else you guys want to do? Uh, I think we'd like to enter the structure at some point. Yep. Um, I, I, I'm just taking your guys' lead. You tell me where you want to go. Yeah, I, I would like to go into the structure. Nobody else is going to do uh, I am going to assume that uh, unnamed competent security officer, Jim Bob, we have uh would do a proper security scan yeah absolutely yeah. make everyone, sure everyone it's follows not like procedures. be trapped or alarms or yeah all right yeah no everyone follows open the door and explodes nope lieutenant, right. lieutenant um so when you go to the door the first thing you notice is there isn't a door it is a um it is a almost like a z-shaped uh um Kind of like the you know uh, bathrooms at some places that are open, you know you go in, turn, go in, turn, go in, uh, and then you're in the main structure. So it is it is open air, um, but it is definitely defensible or private. Um, mm. When you enter into the room, there is a surprising amount of actual technology in there. Um, it is independent consoles, and it looks like the like. Um, boxes of hand tools and uh, computer interfaces and things like that, but nothing is built into the wall. That's all powered. Everything that is powered is powered to buy whatever it is. So if it's like a laptop sized thing, it is powered by itself. Like it is picked up and move. You could pick it up and move it around as much as you needed to. Um, there are no distinctive like built in councils. Um, there are a lot of footprints in here. The footprints that you see are, uh, in this, because everything is dirt underneath, like the floor is all dirt. Um, and you're seeing the footprints that are roughly six foot high people, maybe a little shorter than that. Um, two legged, they definitely wear, um, shoeing. Uh, you'd see that it doesn't look to have a lot of tread on it. So it's very, um, like almost like leathered shoes. Um, but everything else is written, you know, that you see a, a type of kanji on the, on the consoles. So like where their buttons would be, um, it is, uh, tactile. There, it, none of the, none of none of the things you're seeing are, um, touchscreen interfaces. So it's all switches and clicks or clickers and stuff like that. Um, so it is, it's keyboards not instead of L cars, it's keyboards instead of L cars, a lot of switches on things. Um, everything appears to have labels that you don't really understand. Um, so this looks like technology that is not primitive, but yeah, I mean, primitive compared to Starfleet. Yeah, it's it's you're talking maybe like 
70 to 100 years past, behind where you guys are. Maybe a little bit more than that. So think like original series type stuff. Okay. Okay. So maybe a little bit farther um, back than that, but like forgetting the fact that Enterprise yeah. has way more advanced technology than, than the original series does. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> um, so all, all of the equipment is self-powered. Is it, are they currently powered on? Uh, yes. Well, they are at least in a standby mode. There are blinking lights and things like that. Mm. I would like to do a telepathy scan. Okay. Um, you don't get any sentience other than the three of you. Well, the three of you plus the security guards, which is questionable mm. if they're sentient or not. Um, there are a number of minds of creatures in the f- in the area, but none of them are. Um, like advanced sentience it's it's predatory it's it's more predatory like uh tigers and things like that nature advanced intelligence but still animal intelligence you are once again reminded that your daughter is a concentrated ball of uh of a nope zone yeah <laughs> you can't she's not she's she's got a block right you can't scan her uh, yeah, her her mind is just a tangled web of side stuff. Okay, right. Does it look like or the like- equipment here? Does it look like the equipment here uh, has a centralized structure to it, or does it look like completely decentralized? Like everything has its own function, and nothing reports back to some main hub. No, everything is independent. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you would note that, uh, despite the fact none of you are actually engineers, you would have some reference to what engineering tools look like. These look like, at the very least, like s- something like like hydro spanners and you know things that would repair things that would repair heavy machinery yeah. like starships. Yeah, I, I think Kendall is going to try to get see if she can get some kind of interface going with the machines. Okay. Um, one of them looks like a laptop or something large, slightly larger than a laptop, like maybe like a, like a Yamaha keyboard, but with a screen. Um, Ensign, I would caution against reading somebody else's mail. Well, we're here to find out if they, uh, who, who's here. I, uh, I, I believe think- we should start with the literal writing on the wall before we go tapping into technology we don't understand and interfering in the privacy of creatures we do not yet know. She glances at her mother, obviously hoping for support. I would agree with the specialist here. Um, If you would like to help further, you can take some more recordings. She turns to Varen. Are the... The markings on the walls, are they from the same time period as the markings on these computers? They are the same type of markings. Um, again, it's difficult to tell how old a carving is on rock. Um, but the, the sentence but like structure the, and all that doesn't yeah, look like it's, it's all It's all yeah, pretty similar. Grammar yeah, vocabulary, yeah. okay. Yeah, it's uh, some of the pictorial graphs, pictograph stuff looks like it's probably quite a bit more worn. Um, but the more like the, uh, the, the stuff that looks more like kanji is 
is structurally the same. Two writings are comparable enough that they would be understood by a contemporary civilization. Apologies, Ensign, you were saying. I think Kendall's not going to take no for an answer on this. Uh, she's going to let out a loud scoff and she's going to say, ah, come on, mom, the, we've got to interface with their technology if we're going to figure, it, figure out what to do here. There's a very judgmental eyebrow raised in Oniot's direction. Desavi's direction. <laughs> or both, really. Both. Bo- both eyebrows. Dual eyebrow. <laughs> Wiggly eyebrows. Distinctively raised individually in each of you. That <laughs> I do understand your exuberance, and I am equally curious. Yeah, yeah. Is it cadet or is it ensign? It's ensign. Okay. Is it, oh, I Brian said cadet earlier. I so did say cadet. Okay, that's my fault. Uh, she, I mean, yeah, ensign is the yeah. It's ensign. Okay. Because you've you're no longer you you've graduated right, so you're no longer a cadet, but you're okay. like. Graduated like seven minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. But Ensign. Sorry. Right. Ensign, I do understand your exuberance. And to a degree, I share your curiosity. However, Specialist Viren is correct in that we need to respect this culture, especially considering how far Physically, we are removed from them. They likely have no idea that Starfleet exists. And the first impression we want to give them is not that we are disrespectful thugs here to rummage through their thing. <clears throat> Please remember, the specialist is in charge for directive goes. She crosses her arms and gets back to scanning. While I am not a Starfleet officer myself, I would also remind you that mother is not an official rank. <laughs> uh, she just looks a little uh, flushed and definitely turns around, gets back to skating. <laughs> so in proper Vulcan fashion, Varen will, will stand here for as however many weeks it takes for her to learn this language. <laughs> Um, you'll get the information information and, and you can start putting together some basic situational stuff like, you know, this tool is used for uh, this or that. Um, uh, yeah, without interfacing, you, you get enough information that w- through the tricorder that you can begin to interpret the kanji with a relative success. Um, as far as like reading it without the tricorder, that'll take you a long time. But, um, you know, with with the scans you've gotten, the tools you've got. Uh, you would obviously need more reference to get a, a more accurate, more examples mean more accuracy, obviously, but you, since you have something that references math, that makes it fairly easy. You understand the base 10 mathematics. Um, the, uh, you can get a fairly like 75% accuracy with, you know, with the translations without interfacing anything else, like just with the writings on the, on the interior of the structure, the pictographs and, and the writing on the outside of the structure, um, the writings, uh, the the markings on the tools, the markings on other things that are in the area. And what you don't find is any paper. You don't find any like writing utensils. There's no carving tools. Um, so it's kind of a, you know, how, what are they, 
are they writing things down? Are they just using the walls? How is it, you know, you don't necessarily figure out that kind of stuff. But we, yeah, without interfacing with the technology itself, you're about as far as you're going to get or without finding additional structures that have writing on them. It's taken several hours to get to this point. But, um, do we have anything else we want to do on the hours. ship? What, That's what? generous of you. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, the tricorders work pretty fast and you do have. That's true. You do interface. That, that adaptive UT. Yeah. And you do interface with, uh, you know, the world's most advanced AI up, upstairs. So. Yes. The SSH. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> actually, the SSH has been proving quite useful uh, in, in these, in this. Um, one of the things that you'll note, and this is something that I probably I'd forgotten the SSH. So, um, one of the things that you'll notice is that some of the some of the pictographs and kanji bear some resemblance to the primitive to the to the languages used by the robots aboard the Holleran station. They are not identical there, but they are at least two branches of a, of a parent um, language. So, and the, so the, the, you're interfacing between Eva, the SSH, Europa's crew, stuff like that. That is something that you would definitely get. Yeah, I, I, I can see there being a, another conference with the captain and Foxwell and then Eva on the intercom and they're having this conversation and then the SSH comes in and just, um, actually is real hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, um, so yeah, uh, anything you guys um, would like to do aboard ship or on ground? Um, well, Varen is doing all of that. Asavi would like to get a read on the plant life um, with her knowledge of medicine and the history of medicine, what plants might have medicinal value. Um, they have not planted anything on this planet, correct? Not as far Everything as you can is. tell. Everything appears to be native to this planet. The your scans show pretty consistent genetical genetic uh, lineage from the plant life here. Um, nothing obviously transplanted in. Um, there are some things with some medicinal value, but in the area that you're in, um, you're not finding a whole lot. I mean, obviously, there's things that could be like mild pain relievers, a couple of mild stimulants, a lot of toxins like mushrooms and stuff like that. Um, but it doesn't appear as though anything here is particularly harvested in that manner. Right. Um, what you do find is a fairly a fair amount of things that are nutritious, um, something that's akin to a banana, um, some edible mushrooms, some other like protein heavy um, nuts and things like that. So is there a disposal site we can find? That's a good question. Um, there is, in fact, a place where you find d discarded plant life um like casings for nuts and things of that nature um you would also probably find a fair amount of excrement we'll have to take Ensign, if you if you'd like to learn more about the people yeah we'll have to take yes uh i don't imagine they would mind taking samples of that <laughs> of all the things you can take samples of <laughs> um it does appear that to be weird creatures that came here and stole our poop <laughs> right uh, that are very fascinated by our poops. Um, the uh, you will note that the the location of the refuse is away from water sources. It is uh, well covered, and it is 
composting quickly. It is designed in a way that composts. So it is, and it shows signs of waste matter produced by local plant life. It shows, yeah. So Do they it, eat meat. There is, is there, no, there is no evidence of. Well, there would be evidence of meat in the scat. Yes, in the in the in the leavings. Although there is no evidence of meat. Uh, there's no evidence of hunted foods on this planet so far. There's no bones in this disposal pile. Correct. Is there meat protein in the? the there is protein. Yes, Mo- meat, the meat proteins. Yes. So they are bringing. They are at least bringing some meat with them, or they're hunting it somewhere away from this site. Okay. Question about the stonework. Does the stonework look like the stones were dug out using advanced methods like torches? <laughs> Um, cutters. They don't look like they've been dug out in that way, but they do appear to have been, they don't appear to have markings for having been moved through traditional means. So they probably were not moved. They're probably moved through technological means, um, but they don't look like, they look like they're mostly found stones. Gotcha. So it's a distinctive choice that they built this structure in a primitive sense using technological means. That's what it seems like. Yes. Okay. They could be neo uh, neo primitivists uh, deliberately seeking out old technology as a religious uh, practice. Maybe that is one of many possible conjectures. Seems like a lo- awful lot of work to if, if you can if you're bringing a bunch of consoles and building a space dock. Seems like an awful lot of work to use awful to use stones perhaps it is simply a preference has some other cultural significance uh is there evidence in the architecture that this was built using um you know more sophisticated architectural designs in support in the position it's facing as determined by the sun and the airflow and the acoustics uh to some extent, yes, there is, uh, there is definitely an advanced, uh, there's obvious advanced understanding of those things. Um, the door doesn't appear to be facing any particular sunward direction, but it does obviously, uh, like you'll know inside the, some of the scent, some of the, that, that musky odor is less prevalent. Um, the wind does not really uh, there's a little bit of a breeze inside or not, a, it's kind of a breeze, but there's a, there's airflow inside, but it seems like it's mostly like bringing in, um, more f- like fresher air and, and venting out any, um, toxicities or, you know, rancid smells or anything like that. So it, it, it definitely has some of that, um, advanced understanding of architecture and design. Um, yes. Despite the materials used, this is a sophisticated structure. It is odd that there are no signs of long-term habitation, even short-term dwellings. Maintenance of starcraft often take many days at the very least, and this equipment does look like it is still operational. They must return on a relatively frequent basis. Perhaps they sleep in their ship while they're here. Perhaps. It would suggest 
both this and the other agrarian planet that seems, at least from this from scans, to have no dwellings. That there is some sort of reverence for nature, whether it's religious or simply a desire to only take what you need from the land and nothing more. That makes sense to me. Uh, all the equipment here, does it just look like Starship maintenance or are there other, I mean, obviously, Brent's not letting anyone tap in, but is there evidence of like chemistry sets or survey equipment or other physical technology that would do something other than fix spaceships? It looks pretty much dedicated to Starship repair and maintenance. Okay. Um, go ahead. Are there... Are there uh, replicators? There are not. Is there evidence? Sorry, Brian. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, can we figure out where they're getting the resources for those repairs? Does it seem like they bring the resources with them? Or are they extracting it from the environment? Um, there is no evidence of extraction on this planet. Okay. Well, they could be bringing it from a, another world or bringing it with them overall that seems highly inefficient to set up a repair facility away from the substances you need to repair you're That's also it. noting that you don't find any waste material from starship repair here hmm. i don't know maybe this facility is quite a conundrum maybe it's not a repair facility at all maybe it's long-term storage of some kind Um, you did a DNA analysis earlier, correct? Yep. Um, give me a roll. Difficulty is going to be three. Um, can I do a medicine check? You can, in fact, a medicine check. In fact, I was going to suggest it. This is a reference to something that happened in a much earlier episode. Um, right. So go ahead and give me the roll. It'll be comparing the DNA, some of the DNAs you've discovered here to something else. So for doing a medicine check, I probably should. You could assist or you could do the role, whatever. Let your let your daughter do it, but a sister. All right. <laughs> she will she'll step forward um to to start it and and seeing Kendall's like no mind, she will just she'll take a step back and make a like a go ahead hand gesture. Okay. Do the thing. Um the tri the tricorder will make it one easier, so difficult. It's actually two. I will spend two momentum on this or three momentum. For two dice, three momentum for two dice. Yes. Ouch! That's a terrible roll. That is a bad roll. Um, I... You can assist. Yes. No, like. Yeah, I, I, you're, you're asking. I'm not you're asking. asking you. I know you're asking her. I Nobody got asked that. you. I got that. <laughs> Mechanically speaking, you can. Yes. I know go back to role play. She'll, she'll she'll look at her. I don't know. There's something familiar about this DNA. All right, sure. Yeah, I, you're the expert, I guess. A couple things here. Let's see. Um, oh. 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 <laughs> oh, you fell. Well, Let me show you how it's done. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys have anything that would possibly allow you to re-roll anything? I don't know what your 
or your values or your um, determination, anything like that. You guys have that kind of stuff. He has no talents. Right. You are a talentless hack. Oh. <laughs> Ow. Um, pick study. I don't think any of my values would really assist me here. So what the value, yeah, the values would allow you to have a reason to spend determination, essentially. Right. Um, your talents are really what you'd be looking at there. And remember, yeah, my talents are, I think the, the talent that would apply here is, would be quit study. Yeah. I'm not sure what that one is. So. Um, not they're not, you have to, you have to go do those on your own. Um, sometimes you just fail a roll. I just fail in, a roll. I put them in the info and bio section. Yeah, that's what I do. It would, uh, for Brian, for your game, that's what I was doing too, was putting them in the info and bio section. So I had them referenced. Good place for it. Uh, you, you also have the executive, uh, officer talent or, uh, ta- oh, no, I do have that now, don't I? When another character within the... Oh, I can't spend a point of determination because I don't have any values. Um, actually, uh, the book does give precedence for creating values and stuff on the fly for supporting characters. Sure. Can I, can I go ahead and make the value... Uh, make the value... Uh, <laughs> It needs to be related to her mom. Yes. Hold on. Uh, value. Um, so there, mom. <laughs> I need. Yeah. So there, mom. That's a good one. I, no, I like that. Okay. Uh, so value is so there, mom. Uh, so I would like to spend a point of determination uh, to give me two successes on that. Okay. Um, so you'll be you'll be creating and using the value. Um, yes. I have to read how the values are created for those creatures, for those characters. Is that in the player's guide? Or is that from one of their books? Uh, no, that's like su- support. Su- the supporting character rules are when they make an appearance, they can add something. Yes. So, yeah, you're correct. You are correct. So. Um, all right. Um, so you spend the termination. You get two successes. That gives you three total successes, which is one over what you required. Um which means you have the one momentum or you can use it for additional questions. The DNA that is referenced specifically here is DNA that is found in the ground or in or on, on the ground around the, uh, the large rib structure. So it is not the humanoid DNA that you discovered earlier. It is actually the DNA where the ships would be sitting. Um, mm. and it is similar to that of the Ahren that you found earlier. The Ahren, that's the whales, right? Yes interesting um, it is not exactly but it is certainly similar like very very similar this doesn't make any sense this dna i don't know it seems like the a little related to the rn of some stuff some kind they were entirely biological right they were entirely biological okay. and not inhabited <laughs> and Nobody would not be would not be maintained by starship maintenance. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Okay. So this is a, this is, this DNA is not exact matches for the RN, but it is dirt, certainly something, whatever is here is derived from RN DNA. And again, this is where the starships themselves actually sat. Interesting. I will go ahead and note that to everybody else. 
sort of quasi biological technological yes more like a um from the same world no uh i'm trying to think of it like more like ambergris Hmm. something that they give off something that is probably harvested from our by yeah fueled by rather than made of correct what if they bring the iron here or the similar creatures harvest them here we found no evidence that they're actually repairing anything just a girder shape structure but there no there there is there is technological starship maintenance tools here and not biological extraction tools here. correct medicinal surgical tools here correct this looks more like something that would be like a runoff akin to like if you uh like if you if your car was leaking oil in the front yard kind of thing okay uh, i have no idea what this could be so doing a scan of it it looks more like a a biological lubricant or some kind of rendered, or coolant some, or, something that's clearly rendered from the haren what it's actually used for it could be a fuel it could be a lubricant it could be um something along those lines. i feel like something that's something a tricorder would be able to because a, the chemical composition of a lubricant and a and a combustible is pretty different well oil is lubricant and it's still flammable so yeah i um, guess that's true yeah um it is um it is definitely something rendered from a Ren as far as what its actual purpose is. It's probably either a cool, well, it's probably not a coolant, but it's probably either some kind of like base fuel or uh, like lubricant of some kind. So we'll make sure it takes some samples with us back to the ship. Yeah. It's also contaminated pretty heavily with the dirt that's in the area because this is mostly DNA, not this, it's DNA, not, uh, not like pools of anything. Yeah. Sure. My my point stands. We yes, should absolutely, think. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It just it, I'm saying that makes the diff, it makes the final analysis a little bit more difficult. That would ex or might explain why these planets are inhabited. Beyond the RN are nomadic. If they're following herds, as it were, and then coming back here, if this is part of the the herd circuit, they swing back through here, do whatever maintenance and such they need to when the RN stop to to graze. Um, We should have... Kind of stops Smith sentence and comes back up to the ship. <laughs> Jack changes posture. Nice. <laughs> Captain, what refresh my memory? What was it the Aren were feeding off of? What there were signatures, right? Shit, I gotta find my note for that. <laughs> Stand by, doctor. Let me access my logs. 
it was the weapons they were using. The 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 planet was producing something that was attracting them. It was yeah, I remember that. Um I know they were using I believe they were using a gas giant to help in the birthing process, whether that was uh, you know, hiding from predators, if there was some sort of sustenance or analgesic in there, or whether the gravitational pull or radiation aided in some way. I don't know if we ever actually figured out what that was all about. Yeah, they'd gotten they got um, the call yeah. and signals interfered and they got confused and terrified. Mm-hmm. Yes, there was something about the planetary radiation, like the the, the planetary emissions. So um, the what you guys had determined was that it, it seemed like it was because it was a pre warp civilization, uh, but right. they were doing a lot of like um, radio transmissions mm-hmm. and uh, terrestrial transmission type stuff, um, and that appeared to have been interfering with the Aren, mm-hmm. who, who once you had managed to to reduce or eliminate most of that interference they went to the gas they, they were they spent their time with the gas giant instead of attacking the planet where the one their, the, the larger one was going to do we did i we did identify some sort of food source local to that system because we collected some with the boussard collectors and used it to make a trail leading out of the system right i don't know if we ever identified what that food source was or where it came from we just i mean in a narrative perspective in a narrative point but right. we know what that food substance is right yes it, do we find evidence of that at all? Uh, the either, Europa, either on planet or in system. Europa does a, a quick scan around the system, and there is uh, um, there is at least some. This gas giant, though, is very similar. The gas giant that, that these moons are on is actually very similar in, in nature to the gas giant uh, from the other planet, the other system. All, all three of these building facilities are around this gas giant. That seems significant. Getting warm in here. Um, whilst you are scanning the system in the Europa, um, you do note that uh, since now you're looking more, you're you're more actively looking for these kinds of things. You do note that there is um, some of that residual. Uh, energy that the RN um used for their their because the the RN were faster that were, were seemed to have faster than warp capability um for biological creatures which is very unusual some of that appears to be some of that residue does appear to be or some of that signature does appear to be uh near the outskirts of the system um, it's not recent but there definitely have been uh, some RN traveling near the system within the last, uh, within a couple of days prior to your arrival. Days. Hmm. Uh, n- since it's only days old, is there any evidence of warp trail particles we can pick up? Not currently. Okay. Yeah. Uh, not, not artificial warp trails, just the warp from okay. the RN. Yeah. So hmm. the quote unquote warp. All right, Doctor, I've had the scientists put together a preliminary summary of our findings. It does seem that there is evidence of RN in the system, both a limited supply of their food source. The gas giant here is very similar to the one they were found at, and it seems they have been in system within the last few days. 
I believe, um, and Specialist Ren, uh, you are the expert here, but I believe we may be dealing with a nomadic society that follows, or I don't think so much herds, probably follows these Aren and uses their leavings, refuse, for fuel or lubrication for their ships. It's an interesting find. That doesn't to me sound like a sustainable civilization, perhaps a profession within one, or a Our specialist would have a better mind to make conjecture on that. Yeah. Uh, if that was right, you're going, you might be able to, you could speculate that it could be um, the primary purpose of the, like, think of the tribes that hunted Buffalo. I mean, it's a similar, it's a similar mentality. Mm -hmm. it, could, it could be something similar to that. Um, there would have to be something more, there'd have to be more infrastructure than you're currently seeing. Mm -hmm for building ships or maintaining ships. Again, you don't have any material yeah. here. Um, so either they're taking the material with them or they're discarding it somewhere off world, um, which is entirely possible because again, they've seemed to have some kind of, they seem to have some, you know, leave, leave as little behind kind of um, ethos. Mm -hmm. So like the only thing, they've, the only waste you've found is, is biological waste so far. So exactly what Varen was going to say. Yes. So um, with that, anything else you guys <laughs> want to do on planet? Anything you guys want to, any scenes you guys want to have on the ship? Um, we're reaching a point where we're uh, fast hitting a wall. I feel like we've gotten everything on the planet. Yeah. At least on this planet. Yeah. Do we want to do Berry Bush tonight or should we say that? 9.37. Yeah, it's up to you guys. I don't work tomorrow, so. Um, I mean, I'm good to keep going. <laughs> Evelyn does. Um, it's good. So let's beam back up to the ship. Go ahead, uh, the, 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 the crew of Ren and the doctor and whatnot, beam back up to the ship. Um, uh, you've got a lot of information in tow. Um, Continue the uh, sorry, Europa will continue conducting scans in the system. Um, let's uh, Dr. Foxwell is going to come find uh, Dasavi. Where is Dr. Foxwell? Um, he will come to your office, um, which I did actually get an XO office. Look at that. Chakotay's office. Yeah, I have an office. <clears throat> um, uh, 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 Commander, um, I have a, trying to decide if I was going to do a British accent with him or not. Um, anyway, uh, for the moment, I will not. Um, Doctor, I, I've, uh, I've, I've been having some concerns with the, uh, uh, the, the reintegration of the SSH and and uh, uh, Eva, um, uh, they're separate systems, of course, but uh, Eva, uh, uh, watching her in action these last few days uh, with the research programs and whatnot, it is, it is clearly, uh, she is um, 
functioning uh, well above uh, our expectations. It's uh, uh, it's it's great to see. It's it's uh, Doctor uh, Maddox would be very pleased with her performance. Um, uh, I still see little to no evidence of genuine sentience, uh, uh, but she is uh, clearly having uh, moments where she is. Uh, um, I wouldn't say rewriting her code, but learning. Uh, she is definitely learning. Um, as for the SSH, the SSH is um, uh, quite restricted. There's a lot of code uh, in the SSH's um, uh, matrix that is, uh, how to say, uh, uh, dormant at the moment. Um, clearly, he had written uh, it, it. It had written um, a number of codes using its heuristic algorithms uh, to better uh, maintain the station. Uh, it learned a great deal and created new sub functions and uh, subroutines to be able to manage the station more efficiently. I am a little concerned that if uh, the uh, the SSH were to um, be given uh, a wide access to um, uh, the ship's systems, uh, that some of these may uh, morph, some of these dormant uh, 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 programs may, uh, subroutines, may morph into something um, more, uh, um, I don't want to say invasive, it's not the right word, but um, uh, permanent. Yeah. Permanent is my concern. We, we've seen on Voyager that the doctor very frequently interjected himself into conversations he wasn't supposed to be listening in on. Right. Would it make sense for the SSH to just materialize? That's up to I you. Don't wanna, I don't want to shoehorn myself into this scene. That's up to you guys. Uh, I think you should. Sure. Okay. I'm always here for the drama. Uh, yeah, so Foxwell stops speaking, and then SSH hologram materializes. Is he... Is he is he doctor? Is he commander? What is he? He Foxwell. should be lieutenant. Uh, he's lieutenant Fox with the moment. Although I was going to, I was going to promote him to lieutenant commander, uh, but I'll do that on screen. Um, he is lieutenant. He is a doctor though, so it is Doctor Foxwell or Lieutenant Foxwell. Doctor Foxwell, if you have concerns about my programming or my ethics, you can simply come talk to me. Do you believe we discuss? knocking first oh you you see uh, doctor one of my concerns is um this exact kind of behavior here um uh, uh ssh program um uh, end program which of course he does not <laughs> unless you want to uh, again um i did not approach the ssh because uh uh, with these concerns, because uh, again, um, you are the head of personnel, and uh, as I am to understand, the captain has deemed the SSH to be uh, uh, personnel for the moment. Um, and to be fair, the the EMH uh, was also considered personnel aboard most ships uh, when active. I suppose it is in my best interest to me to remain active. Doctor Foxwell makes a good point. If you wish to be treated like crew, however, you will be held to the same standard. The rest of the crew does not get to just wander into my office and dis disrupt conversation between senior officers. A conversation that Dr. Foxwell rightly brought to me as the XO and the head of personnel. Also, Foxwell is technically the chief science officer. So, senior personnel. <laughs> A breach of protocol. 
I apologize. I'm not used to having senior staff other than myself to worry about. It is an adjustment. I understand. I will leave you to your conversation, but I would appreciate input of my own if I am the con if I am the subject of such conversations. I believe it is a humanoid characteristic that one not enjoy when people talk behind their back. You are correct, however, by the same token, it is standard protocol for two senior officers to discuss concerns of their subordinates amongst themselves before determining a course of action. The alternative is I give Dr. Foxwell, as by all technicalities, your direct commanding officer, free reign to deal with you as you wish. And I don't think you want. Quite. Very well. Doctor, doctor. Fox will look around a little bit like, yeah. anyways. Computer, uh, engage privacy mode. <laughs> Eva uh, acknowledges and then uh, there's a distinctive change in sound in the room. Remember, the computer is Eva. <laughs> yes. No, I forgot that for a second. Apologies, Eva. So, yeah, Eva heard all that, too. <laughs> Dr. Fox, we are in uncharted territory in more ways than one. I agree. I understand your concerns. I share some of your Given I have a more humanistic, as it were, understanding, or not really understanding, interpretation. What's that? Is it appreciation? Appreciation, that too. Of sentience, and you have a more scientific and pragmatic. Um, we sit not on opposite ends of the table, but not quite on the same side. At present, the captain has agreed to give the SSH a little more leeway, a little more freedom. He will not be given a body to to wander about the ship. Um, however, there is opportunity. There is there is a word that I can't. Uh, doctor, if I may, the the primary concern that I have at the moment is the SSH's program is advanced enough. Uh, uh, while it is still. Uh, you know, heuristic coding and things like that it is not, it is not to the level of, um, uh, um, brains. Um, it is definitely extremely advanced. And if it was given, I'm, I'm concerned that given additional resources, uh, uh it could very easily act, uh, in a fashion, 
um, that would be indistinguishable from um, godly aboard this ship. Um, uh, we gave Eva a great deal of control over the ship, but there was always uh, uh, an opportunity to disconnect the program, to, to disconnect the main core of Eva, the, the, the positronic net that is her, to back up, to, to, to rely on the backup of the secondary core. The secondary core is now accessible or could potentially be accessible by this new um, uh, program, this new uh, un- uh, self-created uh, intelligence, uh, possible intelligence anyways, uh, intelligence of some variety. Uh, uh, Dr. Zimmerman's work is outstanding. Um, the concern I have now is that we now have, or we potentially have two uh, uh, intelligence, two personalities aboard a single ship. It is as if you uh, uh, had a second personality aboard your own brain. Your left side and your right side of your brain were different beings. Um, Whilst one at the moment is in control of everything, uh, uh, it would not take a lot for the other to um, assert some level of dominance. Uh, the idea of a body actually, uh, um, there's a great deal of thought that needs to go into that before I say any more words. Um, my concern is that Dr. Zimmerman's work may be uh, um, too good. Uh, while it does not use positronic learning and it does not have the adaptability of, say, Commander Data uh, or uh, Eva, um, it is, to the layman, nearly indistinguishable uh, for, for many, especially if it is given the power of uh, the Europa's secondary core and forbid, uh, God knows, uh, if it were to find a way into the the positronic network through the bio gel packs, which are a relay for both uh, networks. Um, they both funnel into the, the bio neural gel packs uh, to make uh, uh, processing. It's complicated. I'm, I'm sure you, um, the, it's, it's, it, it, you're not an engineer. I understand, but the way this works, the, the, he could find greater function. And uh, uh, there are still elements of, the Halloran station in Eva's code that I have not been able to uh, ascertain what they do. Um, this is one of the reasons I have been looking into the SSH's programming because he has similar quantities, qualities. Uh, uh, his are more uh, direct. Um, I am to lead, I, I am to understand that the, the original uh, control of Halloran station was actually a biological creature that was used to augment the, uh, uh, the artificial intelligence, um, kind of a hybrid. Um, we almost, I am concerned that with Eva's positronic matrix and the, the Halloran station's code, uh, that is in her system, as well as the, the systems, the, the, the heuristic algorithms and the, the code that has been created by the SSH, uh, uh there is definitely, uh, too much compatibility between the two systems. Uh, it concerns me. Would it, you recommend that? Uh, I it's believe the safest the, the safest course of action would be to uh, reset both programs to their original uh, and eliminate all phrases of the Halloran code. That is something that will take a great deal more discussion and. I'm not comfortable authorizing at the moment. 
as we discussed the other day, the ethics of the thing need to be sussed out. However, would you recommend disconnecting the SSH from the ship entirely and putting his uh, intelligence in a contained vessel? I believe it might purchase you more time. Um, however, uh, he has access to the ship. He understands how to use computers. He is essentially a program. If he were to in any way be malicious, uh, it would only be a, a temporary. Um, there's no good way to prevent him from having the access necessary. Uh, should he look hard enough for it? Can you? There's really no way to prevent Eva from having the access. Uh, this is a true. concerning. He, he takes out his pad and starts writing something down. <sighs> Oversight. <laughs> Can you create safeguards around the secondary core to prevent, at least for a time, the SSH accessing it? I certainly can attempt to do so. Uh, we have similar safeguards in place uh, to prevent uh, an overrun of something like Eva. Um, we would simply have to program them for additional attacks. Of, of, I, I must study the Halloran code more clearly, more closely. Um, there's just, there's so much. It is so much beyond. The functionality of that station is well beyond what I'm, any of us have ever experienced. The, the foremost authority on the station now is the SSH and to a lesser extent, Eva with what code has remained uh, in her systems. Um, but she, uh, because of the nature of the uh, retreat uh, that Tong and the group helped her do, the code that is there is less act is is dormant. I guess again, um, the the SSHs is only dormant. Be- the, the code in the SSH is only dormant because he doesn't have access to things to allow it to expand into it. He he has a limited amount of uh, processor space, for a lack of a better term. Um, he was much larger, I guess. When he had more space, if he were to be given more space, he could make them more active again. Putting him in a robot body, for a lack of a better term, uh, without getting deep into the study of the actual mechanics of the device that he's going into, those Halloran devices, those Halloran machines are far more advanced than even Mr. Data was on a specification standpoint. Perhaps the the positronic positronic networking isn't as advanced uh, but it, the physical circuitry is far more advanced than anything we currently function with. And I, my suggestion, doctor, and, and again, I, I know that you do not wish to go this route yet. Um, but if you would take it to the captain, my deepest concern is that uh, these two artificial intelligences are corrupted in a way that we do not understand and they have access to parts of the, have access to the very thing we float around in space in. Um, While it is limited access, either of them could assert control far beyond that which we intended. Eva is still enough like herself that I understand where she is in her process of of, of advancement, and she is still within the acceptable parameters uh, of control. Um, the safeties are still in place. The SSH, I do not know what his capabilities are. 
Dr. Zimmerman's work is extraordinary, but the work that we are seeing that has happened since his time on the station is um, new territory. Out of character question, um, and I am probably going to fuck this all up because I'm out of my sci-fi depth. Sure. This is, does, this is the weeds. Right. Um, does Star Trek AI have, in theory, the same limitations as like Asimov's robots, where like the first rule is you don't harm? Technically, no. It would depend on the creator of the AI. So... Zimmerman. I think I think Data had something very similar. It wasn't verbatim yeah. Asimov's, but I believe it was mentioned something very similar to Asimov's laws. Uh, Zimmerman's holograms are a lot looser. Yeah, in every regard. <laughs> because they're yeah, because they're not designed to be anything but supplementary programs. They're assist. They're tools. They're not designed to be real AIs. It, it was an it was an unintended, unexpected fluke that the EMH of Voyager developed into. Right. a sentient being right and since voyager hasn't come back yet we don't have that as a reference yeah um eva does have restrictions placed on her both physically and programmably similar to those of data because she is based in every single way on the sung type android so she right. is she is based on data for all lack of, for all intents and purposes she is based on data she's just Data scaled up to 24 because it's, it's a fucking noting, ship. <laughs> it's worth noting that data beat up the crew on a regular basis. A very regular basis. <laughs> it, there was at least one episode where data just took the ship and said, go screw yourself, guys. I'm going to back. I'm going home. You guys mm. can figure this out when I get there. Yeah. Um, and there was nothing anybody could do about it. <laughs> so. That was extenuating okay. circumstances, but it was a thing. There's always extenuating circumstances. Always. I think there's more hard coded into data's program. He, he's obviously adaptable, but there's more hard programmed into data's per, in, into data than there is the Zimmerman holograms. Yeah. The Zimmerman, Zimmerman holograms are much more adaptive because they didn't expect to need those restrictions right. for temporary tools. Data was also programmed with a personality and the memories of actual people. So mm -hmm. he has a morality that comes from, well, life. Zimmerman also did that yeah, with, his, with using Zimmerman's own uh, mental template and then Bashir. Right. And then it was referenced. There were several other people that, he, right. you know, mind scanned. Right. Um, so it, it is similar technology in that in that fashion. So they both have that or at least in some regards have that. Um, that base human morality that is overlaid. So I think the answer to the basic question is, though, no, it can still be overrided. Yeah, they both could technically override it if they wanted to. Like, Data could override his, and yeah. The thing about Asimov's robots is there was literally no way they could be over it. Like, right. It was, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's not true for either of those cases. Right. Even RoboCop had the, th the, the prime, his, his three directives that he couldn't override. And then the fourth one that could be overridden. Well, actually, couldn't be overridden either. Just, you know, they fired the guy, so it didn't work. It worked out for the end. But, they don't necessarily have anything that is that hard coded. There are physical limitations. Um, and then there are moral moral limitations that have been programmed into them, but they're not like do no harm. And they're not the kind of things that are going to lead to you guys getting wiped out for your own protection. Right. 
uh, the the EMH, the doctor, was programmed with a fairly rigid uh, adherence to the Hippocratic Oath, but I believe on occasions he was um, persuaded to bend it. Maybe. So it's not necessarily I, I, a hard-coded... Yeah. I didn't watch enough episodes of Voyager to really... Like, I watched all season one, part of season two, and then I've seen episodes since then, but I don't, I don't know enough about that to really be able to speak on mm-hmm. it. He was reprogrammed a couple times to do shit like that. So, like, yeah. he's, I would say, on the same level of data mm-hmm. in that regard. Yeah. And again, when you start adding in the hollering station to these two AIs, all bets are off, so... Yeah. I will take your concerns under advisement, Doctor. I will discuss possibilities with the captain, and we will go from there. Just uh, again, to, uh, that's all I re- that's all I ask is is to to be aware that this could be a problem. Um, I appreciate the caution. Uh, we are definitely aware that, as I said, we are in incredibly uncharted water. In the meantime, I will attempt to come up with some uh, fail-safe uh, ideas. Um, I do have one uh, in mind. Uh, it is uh, it is extreme, though, as it would almost assuredly cripple the Europa wherever we are. Uh, we would lose all data on both cores, and that would be catastrophic. But it is an option. Save that for an absolute resort. Uh, yes. However, uh, do I have your permission to begin uh, configuring such a failsafe? I, I have the ability... It is not currently set up. I can't just activate that. That would be, uh, I would need permission for that. I would like you to prioritize some less screen fail saves first. Of course. I thought we spent a good couple sessions creating a bunch. Oh, you guys have a fun bunch of fail saves. You, yeah. you guys have tons mm-hmm. of your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For Eva. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, which I imagine they would there would be some crossover there. Um yeah. but still, like again, in the end, uh like that's how you have the privacy settings that you have. Like you turn off mm-hmm. like, you know, you, the stuff that you just did. So yeah, there's and and you do a lot of stuff on paper, like you actually have handwritten notes and stuff that you guys use that don't go through the ship. Um so you guys do have some level of security for that. But there's always the possibility that more could happen. So and Foxwell is, you know, clearly paranoid. Very true. I mean, not unwarranted. So far has been. <laughs> I feel like someone needs to speak for the sentient crew members. So, all right. It lasts like 20 minutes. <laughs> so, anything else you want to add to that or we end that scene? No, I'm good with that scene. Thank all right. Um, anybody else have any other scenes they want to do, or should we shut it down there? Uh, I'm always up for a character building scene. Sure. What you got? Let's Who would you like? You know who we haven't seen in a long time? I don't know if you have anything for him or not, but we haven't. And we need to do wrap up yet. Just yeah. We haven't seen Kostra in a while. I don't know if you have anything for him. Yeah. Kostra would be interesting. Um. I think he might go up to uh, Oniak, Dr. Oniak. Okay. I think uh, 
I think he has some questions for her, actually. All right, we'll go ahead and do that, and then we'll call it a night after that scene. Uh, so, uh, yeah, he's going to uh, sidle on up to uh, Sick Bay, where I imagine uh, Dr. Oniet still spends a good portion of her time. Am I wrong? Probably not as much as she would like to anymore. Well, he will track her down wherever she is and then complain that he wasn't, that she wasn't where he was expecting her. So, boy, you, you, you are a hard woman to track down these days. I would argue we have these nifty little badges and a very intelligent computer that could track anyone down. All you have to do is ask. Yeah, but that, that lacks the personal touch. What can I say? Fair enough. So, I heard uh, there was some fancy stonework down on the surface. Yes. Um, very interestingly unfancy, fancy stonework. You, uh, look, I'm no, I'm no, I'm no, I'm no, t- I'm no geek. I don't know what you you found down there, but I am curious what you think of all this. It's very interesting. Uh, not quite my field. Uh, I'm certain Specialist Varen is geeked, or is geeked as. A Vulcan is. Um, there, there are a lot of unknowns. Uh, I think it may have raised a few more questions than answers. But on the surface, it seems we have discovered a potentially nomadic community that erase nomadic people that follow these. Aren around. Hmm. That's they just leave the plants where they found them. Don't settle down roots. It doesn't seem so. Um, and they they seem to they seem to disrupt the planets as minimally as possible. The juxtaposition of the Seemingly, oh, I don't really seemingly primitive stonework and the fairly advanced technology was quite fascinating, very surprising. Well, back where I come from, the people who used to pretend that they their 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 soot don't stink, they had other people doing the work. I think you should consider that these people may not be as clean cut as they pretend to be. That's a possibility. It wouldn't be the first instance where one race has essentially enslaved might be a strong word, but employed another to do the hard work, will they sit back and reap the reward? 
the other thing I've noticed about nomadic cultures, we had one back on Ardana back after first city was destroyed the first time. Uh, they tend to be pretty territorial. Don't like people messing up it, their stuff. Indeed. Well, uh, our, our engines running on uh, our engines running on the, the in the green. Uh, is there? How are you liking the commander chair? Glad you took it. The, the, the nearly, I was worried for a second that they're there. They offered it to me. I think that means they would have to get you out of your engineering hole first. I know, right? It would have been a disaster. <laughs> it's an adjustment. Um, one I am hoping will be temporary, but we shall see. How temporary are we talking? You've been sitting in it a little while. Do you like the feel of the curve on your butt? The chair in my office in the med bay is much more broken in. But the captain is a good leader and makes a difficult job a good leader. Yeah. Keeps out of he keeps out of my business, so that I like about him. Well, you're doing a good job. Note to self for ass engineering more. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're doing a good you're doing a good job from what I can see down in the engineering room. Just wanted to put that out there. I appreciate that. Thank you. All right. Well, I better get back to it. Those uh, dilithium matrices aren't going to depolarize themselves. If you need anything, let me know. Uh, you are likewise, as always, uh, doing an excellent job. Ah, uh, you keep that. You keep that up, and I might get a big head. <laughs> Bigger. <laughs> it's not going to say that. That's all I wanted. Out of it. That's all I wanted. Out of it. All right. Okay. Got a guy who's going a headband to keep his head from getting too large. <laughs> All right. On that note, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Let's, uh, what moment stands out most to you this evening? I know this was a lot of discovery, a lot of science, a lot of uh, information, um, not a lot of conflict, but um, anything that stands out most to you. I think the discovery of the I run DNA. I don't think I described that very well either. So I may have to, uh, to modify the way I talked about that earlier. Cause um, I will, I'll make it clear what that actually is in the next episode, probably. Sure. Maybe with further study, we can narrow it down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And really to what I've always wanted it to be and trying to get that hint out there. I don't think, I don't think those things matched very well. So with more, with more study, you will learn more. I was likewise going to say the correlation between the Hollow Run writing and the writing here. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Finding finding um descendants of that of that culture could be huge. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for all of this. Uh anything else that you guys have for that stands out? Uh who best embodied oh, go ahead. I don't know if this fits into this category or a different one. But I really liked the mechanical to role playing 
uh, ratio we had, especially when we were like scanning the planets, that could have been like a really tedious exercise. Yeah. But I thought it went really smoothly and I really enjoyed how we all interacted with that. Mm -hmm. I've been trying to maintain the balance between roles and like it could science roles can very easily because if you get information, it's could very easily just get into and I roll and I roll and I roll. And I really don't want to do that because uh, I think that is not the way it should be done. So I'm trying to give as much information as I can and, and make the the roles as uh, as broad yet focused as possible. If that makes any sense. I think you did a great job. I really do. Mm-hmm. It was. Yeah, I agree. Agreed. Um, it's one of the things that makes Star Trek hard to run because uh, in the show they just have writers who tell them everything, and I have to yeah. actually tell you guys everything. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, who best embodied their character tonight? I thought. Uh, I thought uh, Dasavi was pretty good. I don't know anybody got a ton of screen. I liked Varen a lot of the. I thought Varen bad. did great. Like for, I for like getting to see more of her. Yeah. For, for somebody who hasn't gotten much screen time, I really liked her. I liked her mm-hmm. no nonsense attitude. And, uh, yeah, I, I thought she was great. I, I've really been waiting to bring out my Vulcan because I, I can do a Vulcan. You can. I enjoy doing Vulcan. Absolutely. Very well. I, I, I can channel my inner Tuvok. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my uh, I was going to my Vulcan. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I was going to say Brian. I really like all, all of these scenes today with uh, with Silva in the in oh, I did the like hollow that. chamber. Yeah, that was amazing. Uh, the little the the little um outburst that Kendall had. Mom, come on! <laughs> yeah, I that's, loved it. That's my my wanted to want to see more from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed that. Thank you. I, I I enjoyed the character moments I got to do. So that is not an appropriate Starfleet, does it? Yeah, yeah. That was, that, was a, that was a great response. That was, was. I loved it. I loved it. So with that transition, what do you guys want to see more of in the future? Uh, obviously, have you want to see more of that? So go ahead and t- describe that. Talk about that. Definitely um, more uh, hologram, uh, center to the earth stuff. Yeah, and super awkward, embarrassed tongue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, super and awkward, embarrassed, confused tongue. <laughs> I would really like to explore the idea of like confusing holodeck flirting with like real life flirting and like, you know, cause that's got to fuck with a guy's head. And like, I'd love to see, I'd love to explore that a little. Yeah. You know? I don't know. I, I totally don't know what that's like at all. What <laughs> <laughs> have you were going to say? Um, oh yeah. No, I, I really like the, that dynamic. Um, that we're starting to showcase here. Um, the I, I think if if I am interpreting it correctly, the kind of typical kids gone off to college now essentially has come home and in the extreme, because now I'm not just living under mom's roof. Mom's my CO. Right. Um, and and navigating that. Yeah, that taste of freedom only to have it quelched. <laughs> Right. I would I would love for like a personnel conflict to come up with her. Yeah. Like so oh, I got that, ideas. Something that only it has to <laughs> Ambrose is going to, to continue smushing you guys together. Yeah. Thanks, bud. The whole thing I said about you being a wonderful leader, I take it all back. <laughs> <laughs> well, the most okayest captain. <laughs> He's the very most <laughs> mediocre captain. Um no. Uh, I'm I'm really enjoying seeing Desavi play, maybe not middleman, but um, uh, arbiter weighing both sides of the conversation between 
Foxwell's super crazy, paranoid bigotry and brainiac, possibly <laughs> evil uh, new SSH. Right. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing more of that stuff play out. Yeah, for sure. Legit. Um, I have a, I have an, oh, I should pick this up a note. I have an I'm, idea I'm, I'm just pictures. saying. I feel like the SSH would be a lot more reasonable if you just talk to him and just stop trying to shove him into cages. <laughs> Working I, on it, all right. I would, I would love. We didn't see any of it this session, but I would love to see uh, some interaction between Del, Delphine and Oniet. Uh, there hasn't been much of that lately. And yeah. No, we really haven't. Yeah. So I'd like to, I'd like to see that and like how uh, Delphine and Oniet are dealing with the change in roles. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. my head canon is, um, even though she is not a doctor, we don't really have another doctor. Doctor, and she's uh, head nurse, right? She's head she nurse. Head yeah, nurse. it would. She would be next in line. Yeah, no, that's that's my head canon. Is Sabi's basically been like, you run the med bay, hon. Let me know if shit starts fire. Yeah, there would have to be some level of doctor on board, but right. they probably are not the chief of the oh, of the EMH. medical station. I would imagine there could be. I can imagine there would be a chief. There could be a chief medical officer who is not a doctor. Yes, I would think so. Uh, And there are probably doctors underneath them, like because you had you had all doctors before, because you had Doctor Marr as well as uh, Oneit. So there's probably another doctor on there somewhere, or at least some kind of like residency intern kind of deal where there's a doctor. Um, Miss my Marr. Maybe we can make a supporting character if somebody wants. Yeah, I might throw together an NPC for that for a little while. I I do have a doctor character in mind actually yeah. from from before I uh, we got the last guy in. Yeah, no, you should one hundred percent do it. Do it, please. Yeah. I beg you, please. Okay. okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll um, sort that out. We yeah. haven't seen any Jisa in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in in either context, whether it is awesome badass piloty or. Uh, more aggressive flirt- flirting. Yes. <laughs> it, I, I think it would be great to have a double date, but it would be two of me and two of Brian. Yeah. Trying to, it would be a mess. Yeah. I don't think that would work. But That's one of those know. things that we, 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 here's, we're great in a show, but not in, not right. in, at this. Yeah. Table, here's how we do so. that scene. I think we totally do it. We have the scene where it's the, the first couple talking about the second couple the second couple talking about the first couple, and then they meet up together, and we end the scene where they answer going into talk, going into have their mm. date. Mm. Um, that could be really fun. Um, don't actually have the date itself, but have the lead up right before the date. You know, yeah, and the aftermath, and the aftermath. Yeah, yeah. God, I hate those two. Um, <laughs> um, all right. So with that, uh, what did you see from another character or player that we did that? One? We did that one. Um, if you could change one thing about the session, what would it be? More, always more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, we we did a lot of this in this, pretty in this episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, uh, I don't want to sound like I'm begging for action, but action's good. Yeah, there's okay. more action coming. So okay. I, yeah, I don't, uh, so we need we need to set up I needed to set up the the context of the place you are at before I introduce the conflict of where you are at. Sure. I, I did not mean that as a criticism for this session. I love low-key no combat sessions. And yeah. the, I, I, but I was just saying it's like a general yeah. thing I would like to see uh, eventually. Yeah, for me, when it comes to Star Trek, uh, combat is the 
the sometimes candy food. So it doesn't even necessarily have to be combat, is what I'm saying. True, just like an action scene, just like, moments yeah. of tension. Yeah, we could, yeah, yeah. We could have a shuttle race, not a shuttle race, but like a, a high speed shuttle escape from the fake asteroids. Or, sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, first contact done correctly is super tense. Yes. Well, that's that's coming. So yeah, maybe climbing, uh, but, maybe climbing to one of the sites we're investigating. You know, we can't be there. We yeah, get there on the ground. Possible. Um, there's certainly some other opportunities for that kind of thing going forward. Um, this section of world is, um, it's easy. That's it's on the easy setting for a reason. So that that'll all come into context next session. So okay, cool. Um, I don't have anything else. Uh, anything you guys want to add? Anything you want to say before we go? Any last shout outs you have? Um, shout out to the geese. Space geese. Space geese. The, the well-timed geese who agreed with, with what Dasabi was saying. <laughs> did they? Or did they agree? That's how I interpreted it. Gotcha. Uh, I have some I have some mechanics questions regarding advancement because we haven't really been paying attention to that. Sure. For a while. We can do that. I don't know if you want to do we'll that. Do that off off. We'll do that off camera. All right. Um, all right. So with that, without any further ado, let's go ahead and uh, we'll see you guys in two weeks. Um, those of you who are missing out on some of the episodes that are backlogged, it's because I've been sick and haven't gotten them up. They'll get posted sometime this week, uh, this weekend, actually. um and other than that uh keep your eye open on the channels we'll get more stuff coming soon uh so long and thanks for all the fish